0: The galaxy is full of film, and this is the Galaxy of Film Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Brain of Galaxy of Film. I'm your host, Max. I'm, of course, joined with my co-host for the 51st time, Danilo, how have you
1: been, bud? I've been good, man. I've been good. You know. Just here. I saw a Playboy Cardi over the weekend. How was that? What dude, what just fucking nuts, bud. Like I didn't have a voice after mm-hmm. the end. And he was only on for 40 minutes. The opening was absolute trash. Who rest in peace. rest in peace to Rico nasty. Um she didn't get booed, but like no one cares what she had to say. So like she walked off after ten minutes of quote unquote opening. Oh, yeah, dude. I I feel, I feel bad, but it's like you know, it's just not, it's just not, you know, just not there. And it wasn't even sold out too, but it sure felt like it. It was Fucking, nuts, dude. I, saw, I, I sent you that off the grid.
0: I saw Charlie Gambino a couple years ago in uh, Vic Men's, or no Vince Staples, open for him. Absolute trash. Same thing, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, was Vince really... Staples wasn't big back then, was he? God. He was up and coming at that point. No, this is twenty. 18, going into 19. Oh, yeah, never mind then, dude. Fuck that, yeah.
0: You know what was really bad? A couple, I think 2017, I saw Fall Out
1: Boy and Jaden Smith opened for them. I he- saw Tyler, I saw Tyler's Creator at the same place and Jaden Smith opened up uh, opened up that show. That actually wasn't bad, dude. Did I enjoy the Tyler Creator concert more than the Playboy Cardi one? Yeah, I did. I did. But Playboy Cardi was pretty sick to see, not gonna lie. I'm planning on seeing Tyler um, in March. He's coming to Charlotte. Yeah, he's, um, I think he does, like, a show in, um, up in Michigan sometime around then, too. My sister said I have to go see Olivia Rodrigo, though, so. I'm also Dri- I'm trying to see Olivia Driver's Rodrigo. Driver's license, buddy! <laughs> I like Sour, It's a good album. I have it on vinyl. Album of the year, bud. Album of the year. One of, d- yeah, it's in my top five, for sure. Exactly. Anyway, though, I've been doing good, man. Just just straight chilling at this point.
0: There you go. I'm glad you've been chilling, buddy.
1: I try, man. I try.
0: <laughs> We're not alone this week. Um, Reintroducing—he's been here for for God knows how long at this point. Curtis, what's going on, bro? How have you been the past couple weeks?
2: Uh, uh doing all right, man. Doing all right. You know, holidays coming up and all that kind of fun shit. Um, always happy to be on. Actually, getting ready for my last convention of the year on Saturday. Ooh, what's the convention? Um, C2E2 out in Chicago. Okay, who's gonna be there? Um, the only person I'm going for is Hayden.
0: Okay, might as so well. Dude. I'm going
2: there Saturday, and I'm gonna have him do photo op, and then have him sign that um, Star Wars celebration like 40th anniversary poster from a few years ago. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that signed, and just kind of just walk around and enjoy the last convention of the year for me, yeah, at least.
0: Yeah. The um, one where it's all three trilogies, like in a pencil art.
2: Uh, yeah, that it starts off with like um, prequels, um, original in the middle, and then the new stuff on the right side. Oh,
0: you mean the the one from the celebration in Chicago. No, from
2: Orlando, like the 40th anniversary year. Oh, oh
0: I, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, that one. Listen, I have the, the black and white one hanging over here on my wall right now. I saw that one, too. I did like that one. Yeah. That's cool. Though. What's his pricing compared to the Celebration stuff? Do you know if it will be uh
2: Do you remember what he was at Celebration?
0: I think he was 250, 250. Yeah. Yeah, 250
2: Okay. His photo, I think, is like 175 and then autograph Depends. Because uh, the way they're doing it they're for this is... Autograph based like 150. Mm-hmm. If you want a quote, it's like 205. If you want to like out to yourself, I think it's like 220.
0: I hate it when conventions do that, which I
2: don't understand. I don't understand that because, like, no, not the ones I've been to this year don't do that. There's like, hey, here's your autograph. Do you want your name on it? Here you go.
0: Usually That's- everyone's like that, but it depends on the item. For what I've had sure. experience with, so like I just went to DC Awesome Con earlier this year mm-hmm. to meet Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, but um, I brought my friend Stephen with me. We're big Rocky fans, and Carl Weathers was there, so a he nice was going to get his Rocky Force sound like the, the vinyl sign, the slip for it, and I was getting my Mandalorian um, season two poster sign just to get get that piece started. So he was seventy dollars on oh, yeah. like a poster and a picture, anything you want. If you had any action figure, you're looking at three hundred dollars. <laughs> like, what kind of what? price increase is that?
2: Like, I would have been like hundred bucks. Hey, that's a fair jump increase, like another thirty dollars. I would mm-hmm. understand that.
0: No, three hundred. <laughs>
2: Jesus Christ, that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, man, and oh, it was fucking ridiculous. So, and I remember they tried to charge my friend Steven three hundred, saying, "Well." You have a vinyl, it's thir- three dimensional. You know, it, it pops out more. It's not flat. I'm like, that's fucking stupid. That's. E- that is
2: everything we own. Everything we. Oh my God, my phone is 3D.
0: Holy exactly, shit. Exactly, dude. So he, he got up to the, line, the the booth where, like, the table where Carl was, like, past his manager and then just pulled out the slip and had science, anyways. So thankfully he got away with it. But sure. That, that price increase just sucks, man. That's dumb capitalism
2: yeah, I, yeah, yeah that's all the ones i've been to at least this year i've been to seven this year conventions
0: gosh that was the one i've been to since COVID started
2: yeah we got lucky uh we did indiana we did indie PopCon con early in the year we did indianapolis and uh not Yomacon. uh like the michigan version of motor city comic con up in novi okay did Yomacon in Detroit. And then we're doing this one. We did Grand Rapids Comic Con a couple, couple weeks ago, and now we're doing C two E two on Saturday. Okay, so we're just we did we calculated our time. we just driven almost like three days on the road.
0: <laughs> What's your know, next, next convention weekend. after that? Just Celebration.
2: Yeah, uh, okay. but yeah. I'm saving money for Celebration next year because um, well, it's like hey, we have like two week break and then convention. We're like, yeah. There you go, there you go. The bank is like,
0: what are you great. spending on? I'm just like, don't ask. <laughs> um <laughs> celebrations no, great, good, dude. I'm looking oh, forward I'm to so excited. it. It'll be awesome. But um we're also not alone with just Curtis this week. We have Brian from Drink the Movies. How have you been, bro?
3: I have been good. Thanks for having me back on. Appreciate it. It's been been a few too many weeks, but glad to be back. Yeah, of course, man. Anything exciting going on in your life? No, not too much. Uh, took a little vacation, uh, you know, to recharge the batteries. But other than that, just been just been uh, getting at it with the uh, with the podcast and getting into the uh, holiday spirit. Have the tree up, all decorated, ready to go. So mm-hmm. uh, now it's just uh, getting gifts and, you know, making sure all the nieces and nephews are taken care of. And uh, then we'll be good to go. And trying to keep up on, like, the onslaught of movies that are coming out right now. So. It, dude, the movie releases are insane. Recently. i love
1: christmas
0: time uh i'm i'm glad you love christmas time <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah D- daniela's heart just grew two sizes right then just like the grinch yeah it
1: did, it did. that's my favorite that's my favorite christmas movie too man the grinch yeah. the the cartoon one yeah not not the Good. thing that looks like people who have who took like two doses of acid <laughs> decided to write direct <laughs> and produce a movie that jim the- carrey one.
0: Mine's, uh, my favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. Hell yeah.
2: I okay. agree. That's my favorite fucking Christmas movie. And damn to anyone who says it isn't.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Die Hard and Batman Returns.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. But Die Hard, dude. Okay. Die Hard's so good.
0: What's your favorite Die Hard, Curtis? First one. Really? I mean, the like, second
2: one is becoming like really solid for me. I really like the second one a lot.
0: Dude, you said five? Yeah. First
2: one.
1: No, I said five. Oh, five. Said the first oh, okay. one. Yeah. Which one yeah, the
0: fifth one? You're stupid if you think five is the best
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> he like shuts down the city or some shit.
3: Oh, Brian, what is your favorite Die Hard? <laughs> is Is Die Hard Five a Christmas movie too? <laughs> mm, you,
1: you don't know because it's like taking place like
3: Southern Hemisphere, so it could be Christmas time. Oh, it it could be. Yeah, it could be Christmas. Could be summer. Uh, yeah. Die, The first Die Hard is the is the best Die Hard. Uh, it's the superior one. Now, Bruce Willis says that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, and he was in it. So. Okay, Bruce Willis is stupid. Look at his uh, his track record these days. <laughs> <laughs> Skywell,
1: he's got a point.
0: Yeah, my, my favorite Die Hard is 3, Die Hard of Vengeance, man. I like it quite mm, I a bit. About that
1: one. I like Rocky, dude. That's a good Christmas movie. Yeah. It snows yeah. when he's taking that run. Rocky four, he cr- fights
0: Drago on yeah, Christmas exactly. Day.
1: And then Creed, Creed two, where Drago's son, you know, he's he's running in Russia and it's snowing. Then. What? Drago's son in Creed two is I like think running made, in I Russia. I think
0: Apollo's son Adonis.
1: No, no, dude, that would be Creed, buddy. But he's in the desert. <laughs> That's Thanksgiving movie. Anyway, though, it is, It's a good Thanksgiving movie. Next question. Next question.
0: <laughs> uh, this week, of course, guys, we're discussing Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Um, we're going to jump right into this. We're going to save news, show, stream of the week for the end of this because we, we're we probably going to ramble on. We're talking both the movie, all seven seasons, and then if we have time, maybe the 2003 Clone Wars as well. Um, okay, buddy. That's a lot of content. I know. We're knocking it out.
1: I got my Sprite here, but not Cranberry. Ooh. I'm yeah. Jeez. I have a Sprite Cranberry LeBron Brian James.
0: Okay, first um, we're going to talk about the Clone Wars movie. Yeah, Does anybody have any...
1: You know, what, what's your first memory of the movie, Danilo? This is the only movie... This is the second movie I only remember seeing in theaters. It was Revenge of the Sith I remember seeing. I only remember one scene. And I also have a vivid me- memory of seeing the Clone Wars in this in mm. theaters and just the opening when you have the clones like screaming and everything mm. uh you know like they're in battle and i went with my aunt and so my aunt went to go see that with me because she used to take us to like i used to pick a movie and she used to take us to see it as like you know family time to bond or whatever mm. and now I'm, I, my aunt and i like hardly ever talk so <laughs> good times though good times um i actually sold this with
0: my aunt as well my aunt and uncle opening weekend in theaters well, um nice dude But the the weirdest thing... I was subscribed to Star Wars Insider for a (laughs) long time. So, like, how I discovered Clone Wars was the reveal issue of the cover of them standing outside of um, the Star Cruiser. Anakin, Obi-Wan Yoda. I don't even think Ahsoka was on that cover. I think this was before Ahsoka stuff was revealed. Yeah, dude. Um, Surprise. Yeah, but it's all opening weekend at, at a dollar theater. It was weird because this was a new release at a dollar theater, which was odd to me. Um, what about you, Curtis? Any any weird first memories of the Clone Wars movie?
2: Uh, not necessarily. I was actually... So, my experience with the movie is I actually saw the series first. Okay. And then years later, I had actually watched the movie. So, I kind of, unfortunately, had the knowledge of like, the the show going into the movie and be like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then... Movie happened, which I don't remember a whole lot of mm-hmm. at that point in time. I have rewatched it a couple of times, and my views kind of changed here and there. Um, but no, nothing too crazy. I just my order was reversed was show first, then movie.
0: That's interesting. How many? How far in the show were you before you watched the movie? Do you remember? Um,
2: I want to say I maybe season two. Okay, a little bit into it. Cause I'm like. I know these people. I don't remember Ahsoka ever being into it. Then I'm like, oh, because so this is when Cartoon Network was showing it.
0: Okay, and so I you think mean you were watching the, the show movie. live. Yeah, I, okay. I
2: was a weekly, yeah, when that was on.
0: Okay. Okay, that's good at least. Dang, season two, that's interesting. What about you, Brian? How about uh, any,
3: any odd memories of the Clone Wars film? Yeah, so, so this came out in 2008, and I am way, way older than you guys, right? So uh, 2008, I was uh, like nine months into my move to North Carolina from Ohio. So I had no idea that this thing even existed. Okay. Never heard of it. I uh, had no idea. And then my parents got me the DVD copy, like that Christmas as a Christmas gift. And I watched it and I was like, okay, that was star Wars that happened. That's fine. Um, you know, like I said, we just moved and it wasn't something that I felt like that interested in carrying on watching and searching out. And about that time we moved uh, overseas. So, Getting to watch it on like U.S. television wasn't going to be a, a thing for me anyway. So yeah, so like I had no idea that the movie was even in existence at all, and, and until I just I got it and and saw it. So yeah, so the movie was all I saw literally until they announced season seven, and then I got into the TV show. So
0: really,
1: mm-hmm. oh
3: That's my god,
1: insane, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to remember we were eight when this started. Yeah. Yeah, so, man. But we were kids. Dude, that's yeah, a so lot that was of like TV shows. Yeah, that was you know TV shows for us to watch growing up.
3: Yeah, but he didn't yeah, watch like, dude. dude. Until yeah. Seven. yeah, I was, I was, I was old, married. I was moving across the country. No, and then so my co-host on Drink the Movies, I was over at, at her house uh, a mm-hmm. couple years ago. It was right after they had announced season seven, and I was talking to her husband. He's also a big Star Wars fan, and he was telling me that Ahsoka was one of his favorite characters. And my only. Knowledge of Ahsoka at all was that movie. I was like, "Wait, the that little uh, that Snips, Snips is your favorite character? Hold Mm -hmm. on, hold on." But (laughs) at at that point, you know, I was I was like, "Okay, season seven's coming out. I gotta go back and watch the Mm -hmm. watch the show." And then, and then, obvious, you know, everyone loves Ahsoka, so so that makes sense. But yeah, I was like, it was like blowing my mind when he said that. I was like, "What are you even talking about? I have no idea where to go with this."
0: So let me ask you this, though, because you watched the show so late. Did mm-hmm. you have any like, I-, I guess leaked out knowledge about like Darth Maul coming back, Bo- Young Boba Fett, Cad Bane, any of that kind of content? Did you were you aware about it?
3: Um, I knew that Darth Maul had come back, mm. um, but I didn't know really anything about, you know, Cad Bane or really like any of the way that like the story arcs or anything went. Like, okay, I yeah, I hadn't really gotten into, and I guess yeah so it came out in 2008 so it wasn't like internet spoilery central like unless you went to like a message board or something and we're mm. reading about it you know it wasn't like everyone was live tweeting clone wars episodes so
1: did you okay. did you watch rebels
3: no not until i'd finished clone wars so I, okay so i've so I, ben- so I benched through all through all of clone wars got all caught up for season 7 and then when that ended, then I went through and, and watched that Rebels, was... and oh. then I actually and then I actually after I finished Rebels, I went back and watched because you can watch I think on StarWars.com you can go and they have like the chronological list mm-hmm. yeah, of Star yeah. Wars episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back and then I watched them like chronologically. Then too. okay,
0: cool, cool. So let me ask you this real quick, Brian. When you okay. s- did you see Solo in theaters? Hmm. So did you have yeah. the knowledge of Darth Maul coming back before Solo?
3: Um, yeah, I think, I think that I knew that he was, was still around. Okay. Gotcha. No, but so, I, I didn't, I didn't know, like that wasn't spoiled for me in solo. Like I didn't, I didn't know that he was going to show up and until mm-hmm. the end when, when that happened. So that was a surprise to me, but yeah, I knew that he was still like involved in stories and things.
0: Okay. Gotcha. I was just curious if that was like a complete, mm-hmm. you, you <laughs> know, left field <laughs> surprise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting, man. Dang. Um, Daniela, go ahead and give us your your breakdown, your recap of the movie.
1: Oh shit! Um, well, <laughs> Ahsoka appears on Kostasis and everyone in the theater starts booing for some reason. But I'm like, hey, she's a pretty cool character. And then turns out it was Obi Wan's Padawan to begin with, to be you know, which is really interesting when you go way back and like when you go rewatch this. And then somehow Anakin gets stuck with her. And then after that, they just kind of be traveling sh- here and there. And then they have another mission. And somehow we find out that Jabba the Hutt's uh, son was named Rada. Rhoda. Yeah, Rhoda. But then a Stinky call, uh, Ahsoka then calls him Stinky. And so they have to bring Stinky back to Jabba while they're being hunted down by Asaj, And it was all just a big ploy by our man himself, Count Dooku. We're introduced to a very cool clone captain, two of them actually, Fox and, uh, Captain Rex, which was then one of my favorite characters at the time growing up as a kid. We see a lot of cool shit going on, we see like the ATTE walkers walking up a fucking wall, you're like, this shit's lit. We see Assage Ventress, you're like, who the hell is this? Another girl now with the double-bladed lightsaber? She looks fucking badass. Padme starts kicking some ass with some IG, uh... 88 looking droids and Commander Fox jumps over a fucking table. And then we see another hut who's zero. This is, I think, the first time we see that the huts are like the mafia, basically. Uh, they have their little slimy tails and everything in the galaxy far, far away. Count Dooku and Anakin face off, which is very, very cool and some beautiful cinematography for the time being in, you know, 2008 for animation. Mm-hmm. And then we end it where Rada or Rada, yeah, Rada, Rhoda, whoever the fuck you want to call her name. His name gets brought back to Jabba, and it's a nice big, you know, grand finale.
0: Yeah, the the whole movie just feels like an extended episode of a TV show. Like, yeah, hey,
3: for sure, it, does
0: it's a very corny ass
3: plot, um, it, but it's late. Yeah. It's late. I think. I think if you look, I think it's four episodes that they just spliced together. Like, there were going to be four television shows, and they just decided to do it as a movie and put them together.
0: It, that's what it feels like. You're right. That's exactly right. Um, Fine with me, though.
1: Fine with me, man.
0: <laughs> you brought up Asajj Ventress. Who here wasn't familiar with Asajj before this movie? Really? Okay. It's Brian, you knew who Ventress was before this, right?
3: Um. Yeah, because she shows up in the the original, the, uh, the mm. 2d, the micro series. Yeah. So I, I knew her from that, but yeah, she's, she's awesome in this movie. Like she she's is. Got, yeah. She's got, she's got the double bladed lightsaber. She's like flying around, like in that temple wherever, where she's fighting Obi-Wan. It's so mm. awesome.
0: Um, the really cool thing about this though, I think interesting. Not only do we get, of course, Anthony Daniels back as three PO to voice him. We also get Samuel Jackson voicing mace in this. And of course he's not voicing mace in the show. But we get Christopher Lee himself voicing Count Dooku again, um, which again he's not voicing him in the show at all. But yeah, Daniela, what are what do you like about this movie in particular? What are some fond memories you have
1: since this came out? Captain Rex, dude. I don't know why or what it was. I think it was just because the fir- I think it's just the first time we were introduced to a clone and like put one on one with him you know for six movies we saw these for three movies we saw clones and for the last day we saw stormtroopers you know and like that was you know like big what but we never like got f- personal with them you know the only time we did was with cody and he then shot obi-wan like two minutes after we see him so the fact that we see captain rex and he's best friends with uh anakin who's at my t- at the time and still is my favorite character in star wars you know, it was just a cool dynamic, man. I loved it. Like, I love seeing that. And the toys, we it's oh. some down, sometime down the line, dude. We have to talk about the toys that came along with this movie and with this series. Cause the series because the toys tell you right were fantastic. Now, they were fucking amazing. And I remember, I have a video somewhere. I wish I still had it, but it's like burnt on a disc or something. And it's a video of me getting like a Captain Rex, like just t-shirt, you know, like all the clones like assemble, and Captain Rex is like reading, leading the. Uh, the trooper, or whatever, and you just hear me scream at my parents like, Oh my God, Mom, I got a Captain Rex shirt! This is so awesome! You know, I'm just like screaming at the top of my lungs about it. But no, it was for sure Captain Rex, dude. For sure Captain Rex is one of my favorite things that came out of this show. And oh, I know, I know I was the only one who liked it during the prequels, but the politics, dude. Once again, the politics of this just fascinated me with Jabba the Hutt and how, you know, Count Dooku's making these strategic moves... In the hut, it's a hut clan, everything like that. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: no, that pretty that interested me as well.
0: I think my favorite part about the movie is, uh, especially as a kid, you know, I was a big Obi Wan fan. Still am. He's my favorite Jedi, and um, you know, of course, we get some good time with him in the prequels. He's, you know, arguably, in my opinion, the best part of Revenge of the Sith*. But I, I, love the opening Christos' stuff with Obi Wan, where we really get to see him be the negotiator with, um, oh, what's that general's name? I know I have, mm-hmm. I have a figure of them. That's, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the cool General, thing about... General Loathsome? So yeah, dude. Loathsome. That's the cool thing about the Clone Wars stuff, man. The figures. <laughs> They'd make the minor characters into a figure with great accessories. <sighs> Back when Hasbro was doing their shit right. But now I can't even go to a fucking store and get, a, get an action figure anymore. But, um... Obi Wan's definitely my favorite part, specifically that Christos scene. Seeing him, like you know, toy with Ventress during their battle in the temples, entertaining, of course. Um, he's awesome, dude. What about you, Curtis? What is your what? What are some things you like about the Clone Wars film?
2: Uh so some of my favorite stuff is kind of back riding off to Neil on this one. I was actually really fascinated by all the Hut stuff because we had saw Jabba briefly in like Return of the Jedi, a little bit in the prequels. But to see him actually like back in the heyday, like running shit and how people had to go through him to like bring stuff to his planet, okay, like, system because he run Hut Space. Him interacting with Duca was interesting. Seeing all like the clones actually being given like personality instead of like mm-hmm. the deadpan stuff we got from like Attack of the Clones and a little bit from Reg of the Sith, I thought was really dope. Um Is this I could be wrong. Is this the scene where like Asajj like slowly stabs your saber into, like, one fucking clone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, that's pretty dark for 2008 Kid show. That's pretty solid. Yeah, it is. I think it laid a good precursor for, like, what the show was gonna be to where it could still have, like, lighthearted Star Wars moments, but it's not afraid to, like, be a little bit more of like, a darker adult show.
0: Yeah, like, I think in season three, um, Ahsoka's captured by Mandalorians at one point, specifically Death Watch. She fucking
1: decapitates him. Oh yeah. Well, we see people decapitated in this, the, the scouts, or whatever, and they bring in the the table of heads, don't they? Or is that in the show? I don't Sounds remember. A show thing. I don't. All right. Anyway, I'll keep going, man. I'll look it up. Keep <laughs> going, this. My <laughs> bad, dude. No, you're totally fine.
2: But no, that's that's kind of no. That's what I really liked about it, and I had heard a long time that people thought the movie was garbage. I don't see it that way, especially coming into it, watching the show first. I thought for what it was at the time, a solid introduction to what the show was going to be.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So. What about you, Brian? Uh, Anything particular that sticks out to this day for you with this one?
3: Yeah, so. Yeah, I mentioned before I really like the Asajj stuff. And, uh, you know, anytime you get stuff with uh, Count Dooku, especially when it's, you know, Christopher Lee is the one uh, doing it, that's that's pretty special. Um, but kind of like you, Max, I, I really liked um, Obi-Wan kind of mm-hmm. st- stood out for me. Uh, the, what's his name? Um, uh, James Arnold Taylor, who does his voice. He kind of like hit the ground running. It took me, it took me some time to get used to Matt Lanter to kind of grow into that role. But uh, James Arnold Taylor was just, you know, kind of spot on with the, with uh, his speech and the mannerisms and, and the way he like uh, carried his cadence and stuff. So, yeah, definitely obi-wan was probably probably the highlight of like the the jedi stuff but yeah i really liked getting a little bit more count dooku because we didn't get enough of him in the film so to kind of flesh that out and that's you know kind of the recurring theme as we'll go through the seven seasons it's just getting to spend more time with all of these characters and uh filling out those uh stories mm-hmm you, what about, do you have anything you don't like of this one in particular any any
1: gripes
0: i i cannot hear you
1: no man my bad uh no i don't i don't have any guys with this i was a kid when i watched it i was you know i was eight years old so this was this was my star wars growing up and then obviously the show continued with that so how the older people like the the original trilogy and they they say that's their star wars this was my star wars growing up
0: yeah same here, dude um you know i saw revenge of the sith when i was five in theaters so uh, Prequel kid, but Clone Wars is what I grew up with. Alongside, yeah. Um, funny thing, you, me, and Curtis—you know—we all met at Celebration in line for the Clone Wars photo op, man. So it's kind of cool we're here oh, talking cool. about this.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's cool. <laughs> for for and gripes, that old Anakin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for gripes, man. Um, kind of what Brian said, actually. The, the Anakin thing. It did bug me a bit as a kid. Of course, I love Matt Lantern's Anakin. He's grown so much of me. I mean, especially, like, hearing him come back in and, and Rebels, of course. Because, you know, we Rebels happened between Season 6 and 7 of Clone Wars. Hearing his little cameos in Rebels brought tears to my eyes. Um, hearing him back in Season 7 was fantastic. But, man, it was weird going from Hayden to Matt at first it really threw me off compared to uh, you and the James Arnold Taylor. But Curtis, mm-hmm. um, what, what about you, gripes-wise?
2: Uh, and I hate to repeat repeat everybody, but yeah. I mean, going from us, the prequel kids, going from the movies to the show, hearing new voices, was probably the biggest adjustment we had to do. Other than that, I mean, I could be picky, like, oh, see, like the animation's not great. I can't say that because for the time, I think it was pretty solid. I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, no, I think it's a pretty solid Introduction to a really good show I really don't have anything like Bad to say about it
0: I think you have to look at this as an introduction To the show Because if you watch this as just a standalone movie No intentions to watch the show at all it Like, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> right Really, because like, like Brian said This is four episodes, basically But, mm-hmm. Brian, you spent About ten years only seeing yeah. the movie
3: and not the show. Only, only seeing the movie. Yeah, that was it. What was your impression of this thing? Only seeing the movie. Yeah. So, so like I said, I was older, so I would have been like almost twenty seven, I think, when this came out. Um. So, so yeah. So I watched it, and I thought it. I thought it was totally fine. I'm like, oh, okay. This is just like a like a Star Wars cartoon. That's cool. Um. But I didn't have any. Like I said, yeah, I didn't have any real like desire to to carry on watching it from that it was it was fine it was something that that existed in the world and you know Mm -hmm. that was that was as as far as i'd gotten with it now i watched like the like the the first the 2d clone wars yeah the micro series um um, and i i like that a lot when that came out because that came out in like 2003 or something like that yeah something like that um yeah so it it was just different than that but yeah i didn't i didn't really have any like big complaints and you know i wasn't like so turned off by it and that's why i didn't watch it i just it came out in the, the time of my life where I was like, well, okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you know, we, we kind of
0: have a rule. We're discussing the Star Wars films. But Neil and I we're not rating these the films until we cover every one of them, and then we'll rank them. But Curtis, what would you what would you rate the Clone Wars film? Uh,
2: if I had to rank the film, if I had to. With the knowledge, you have to go in expecting it to be your introduction to the show. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the mindset you have to go into, and not go in for like a standalone movie. I think if you go into it with that mindset, I think it's a solid best spin. To be perfectly honest, okay. Um, I think with like all the animation for the time being pretty good. Having the new voices come in, having some of the old voices come in to like you know, kind of ease that transition period from the movie to the show. I think is really solid. Uh, yeah, but you had to watch it with the mindset of okay, watch the movie first, introduce the characters,
3: boom, let's start, let's start the show.
0: Okay, fair enough. What about
3: you, Brian? Yeah, I think yeah, that's that's pretty much how you have to look at it. I think if you look at it as just a just as a standalone movie, for me, it's probably like a half to Naboo. But if you you know look at it in the in the scope of all of the Clone Wars, is like a piece to that puzzle. I think it's probably. Uh, Like a Naboo push-in to Bespin for me as far as, you know, individual arcs of the Clone Wars
0: goes. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Let's go and talk about season one of the show. First up, who watched this as it aired, day one? Because I remember I was pumped, my family and I, for I think the first three seasons of this show, up until it was a Saturday morning cartoon, every Friday at 9 this was a family thing was Clone Wars. Um, that first night it was of course the, the Yoda and Assage episode, and then it was back to back with the Plo Koon and the Wolfpack episode in space. And I remember like right after they had a rerun of course and all weekend it was rerunning, I was blown away by the premiere. Um, Danilo, did
1: you watch this day one? Yeah, dude. This was something my dad and I did together. Okay. every, day, every yeah, we would sit down and watch it, and that's probably the fondest moments I have growing up is watching the show. I season five, season one, episode five, rookies, dude. That will always be the goaded episode of that season, mm. with the droids, Cody. We get Echo Fives, Heavy. Um, who else is there? Uh, you know, from that from that little pact, Jesse. Yeah, no, he's season three. No, no, I think it it was their commander. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But yeah, see that episode will always like, I remember I was sick, I think, or I said I was sick and I missed school. Mm-hmm. And so I laid on the couch all day and I remember like that night I, I watched it, you know, so that was fun.
0: <laughs> what about you, Curtis? Because, you know, Brian said it took him 10 years to watch this show. What about you? Did you watch yeah. this day one?
2: Oh, yeah, I was, I was, I'm still am at the time, but everything, my life was just Star Wars. My bedroom Mm. needed to be Star Wars. My toys needed to be Star Wars. My bed sheets needed to be Star Wars. Everything was just Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. So I'm like, cool. It's a show now. I can watch this weekly. It's a cartoon. So my parents will yell at me. (laughs) Um, But no, I remember the first season being very good from back in the time when I watched it. Mm -hmm. Going with the group with Danilo, when you start introducing Domino Squad, it's probably when the season probably starts kicking up pretty solid. Um... I think the first season is, I think, really good. I don't – because I don't remember a lot when I was younger, but I do remember watching at least the first couple episodes very vividly and being very excited.
0: Um, as far as how we're going to break down the season, since we're discussing seven seasons of a show and possibly a micro-series, just for the sake of time um, – We're going to just talk about our favorite episode per season or arc, if it's one or the other. Because, you know, specifically the first, like, Mm. three seasons, there Mm. are more one-off episodes than anything. But, like, season seven, it's just arcs.
1: Um, Mm -hmm.
0: But, Curtis, what is your your favorite episode or arc in season one? Because season one is mainly, um, I think it complements Revenge of the Sith perfectly. Yeah. And um, even the ending of Attack of the Clones, because this is, season one or two, are the only real seasons where we just focus on all the Jedi. You know, we get mm-hmm. Plo Koon episodes, we get, we get Fisto and his Padawan, um, Aayla Akira So what what is your favorite episode or arc, Chris?
2: Um, it'd probably be, at least from season one, the start of the Domino Squad, or at least the start. The Domino Squad and then the Malevolence stuff, when that starts.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Ma- Malevolence for Plocoon, I was always a big Plocoon kid. And seeing him being really double, I'm like, hell yeah, Plocoon's a badass. Mm. And then Domino Squad having those clones actually be given character and a personality and being like, I like these guys. I want them to do good. And then boom, once we get down further, we see what happens to them. It's, I think Domino Squad and the Malevolence arcs are like the best part of like the first season.
0: Okay. For me, I think... I really like the layer of Grievous stuff, the Those Kit Fisto them. solo episode. Um, I love the action figure Kit Fisto growing up, so it's really cool to see him get his own spotlight finally. Um, Phil Lamar is a great voice for Kit Fisto. Um, but I'm also a sucker for the Downfall of a Droid, the R2 Goes Missing two part episode with Goldie, <laughs> the fake out <laughs> traitor R2. Those two would be my favorite, I think, of season one. Um, Danilo, what are your favorite episode arc of season one?
1: Give me a minute. Dude. I have to look it up. Uh, you can ask Brian.
0: Yeah, Brian. What about you while Danilo looks up the episode choices?
3: Yeah, for sure. So I, I really like the malevolent stuff because I liked, you know, getting to uh, see Grievous again. Uh, you know, harkening back to to back to the movies. But probably, I guess, if I'm picking one, it's probably the season finale, the uh, hostage crisis. Uh, okay. with Cad Bane getting into the Jedi temple. Um, and then that art kind of continues over into the next season. But I I remember watching this because like I said, I, I just kind of binged through it to get ready for um, season seven coming out. So I was watching the first season and I was like, these are good. These are good. These are good. And then uh, the hostage crisis episode going into season two. I'm like, okay, this is really good. Okay. So, so at that point I was, I was kind of like hooked. That was where it, it got me all on board with it. So.
0: Cad Bane's a great character. Dude. We were talking about that, you know, of course, when, uh, when we're going episode by episode of Bad Batch on the show for season mm-hmm. one, with his return and that, of course. Um, but he he's fucking cool in this, for sure. Yep. What about you, Danilo? Did you find your episode yet? Yeah,
1: dude. Yeah, I got him. I got him. All right. Obviously, episode five, Rookie's absolutely fucking goaded episode of all time. Just fucking goaded. Then we keep on going. We go, Jedi Crash, dude, that opening... That's where I was like, this show's fucking beautiful. With the Star Cruiser going down, you got droids flying out of the fucking Separatist ship, dude, landing on this the the Jedi Star. Like, just. Like, I fucking combusted when I saw that. <laughs> uh, the Hidden Enemy, when they're back on Ryloth or whatever, and there's that traitor. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, for back when I was a kid, I still think it is. It's one of my favorite episodes still. Like, a clone, like, being a traitor like why would he do that you know mm-hmm. at the time you're just like oh maybe he just does you know maybe he just wants to be the outcast but as you go older it's you know it's more political so it's very interesting and then for some reason i don't know why trespass is one of my favorite episodes of season one okay they're, i like i have the whole se- series actually i love it when they go and they're i don't know who they're fighting but it's like those you know snow people or whatever and Violence, like, wasn't the answer. It was more negotiation, which I thought was really interesting because we had a lot of violence in that episode, but it only took until the end where, you know, it was finally resolved. So,
0: yeah, no, those were them. Um, On to season two. Like like Brian said, of course, we continue on with the Cad Bane stuff, but this is where the Mandalorians are kind of brought into the spotlight finally with the Duchess of Teen, the Death Watch, Pre Vizsla... Uh we see their involvement with the Separatists and whatnot and the assassination or the attempted assassination of the Duchess. Um in the reveal of the the history of Obi Wan and Satine. They got a little little chemistry little romance going on in the past. Um for me though, my my favorite episode in this, um, of course I do like the return to Geonosis stuff with the the zombie worm thing going on with the Geonosians. Um The Boba Fett return is fantastic. Little Boba. Sadly voiced by Daniel Logan. You know, I don't... We've talked about that guy before. I'm sick of Daniel. (laughs) Um, But I think my favorite episode would have to be um, either Lightsaber Lost where Ahsoka loses her saber and has to spend the entire episode going on with this Jedi who has a caned white saber, which is pretty cool. But I think it's... Specifically, the, the Mandalorian plot, if I'm not mistaken. Or it's the Voyage of Temptation, which is where the Death Watch is revealed. We're introduced to Pre Vizsla, who is, of course, voiced by John Favreau. And we see the Darksaber. Um, I was in fourth grade when this came out. And there was this kid. I'll never forget him because I we had a bet for something. And the winning p- part of that, that bet was... a. Uh, it was a Lego minifigure of Captain Rex. And I still have that minifigure. But I remember coming into class the next day, and we were just freaking the fuck out about the Darksaber. How it was the absolute coolest thing in the world, and because I think Force Unleashed 2 just came out, or was it getting ready to? And um, you can change your lightsaber to black in that. So we were thinking that Star Killer Saber was somehow the Dark Saber from Clone. It, it was just a cool time to be young and see that Saber introduced. But um, Curtis, what about you? What's your favorite part, of season two? Oh,
2: damn. I would say probably favorite arc. It's probably about the Mandalorian stuff. Yeah, because especially with the Satine and Obi Wan thing. Because in the movies, Obi Wan's always the one telling Alkin can't have relationships it's not really a thing you can do mm. and you see why cuz he kind of has gone through that but i think my favorite episode of the season is probably the deserter personally okay. I, I just would... like that idea of rex and this other clone i believe his name is cut if i'm wrong yeah yep um yep. he meets cut and he's like oh brother what are you doing here we must go fight a war he goes Bro, I'm a farmer. What are you talking about? Why do you look like me? This is really weird. And then following Cut's journey of does he protect and stay with the family that he made for himself or does he kind of decide to go back with the one that he was born for? And then with all the grievous stuff happening in the middle, I don't know I know. Deserter, I think, is my favorite episode of this season. Okay. I believe is, is Cut the first time we see canonized Republic Commando?
0: Oh, outside of, because Republic Commando is Outside still, of the game, yeah Was still can at this point Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. outside of the game, this is
2: Yeah, and I was like Holy shit, that's awesome <laughs> So not only is cudge just a cool dude he, He's a badass, because he's a commando
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh my god, Commandos When Republic Commando came out Commandos are just the coolest Fucking things That armor design is so good And just, we're seeing a commando I'm like Awesome, that's great. I love it. <laughs> that's my it's not just to say it's because it's just commando, but it's a big part of why I think the deserter's a really good episode.
0: Fair enough, dude. What about you, um, Brian? What is your favorite episode of Arc, season two?
3: Yeah, so so like I mentioned, I like the I like the Cat Bane, like stuff going into season two with Holocron Heist. I really like the um the uh what's it called? Yeah, the the brain invaders. Uh, episode Mm -hmm. just because it was like so different and such like a like a creepy vibe like like this horror thing going on and i like any of the episodes that are like barris and ahsoka because i think that those are really interesting but my favorite episode for the season is lightsaber lost because i think that uh that story um and kind of the education that ahsoka gets in that is really important to how she is as a character from that point going forward through the rest of the series um, so I like I like that one a lot. Just uh, like I said, really good character growth in that one. So
0: lightsaber lost, in my opinion, is a, is a good um, expansion upon a line from Attack of the Clones. Or a scene specifically where um, you know Obi Wan's like you know this weapon is your life to Anakin. Mm-hmm. This is a, a prime example of what Clone Wars is is perfect for. It expands the little
1: things in Star Wars for sure. Yep. Um, but Danilo, what about you? Dude, I just gotta say before we continue any further, I feel like a child right now, like the inner <laughs> child coming out, dude. This is a trip down memory memory lane right here. Okay, la- once again, episode five, landing at Point Rain, fucking goaded episode, dude. So much fucking action in that with the. Uh, kiati mundi or whatever and every and they have to like create a circle around geonosis and just shit's like just flying mm-hmm. just fucking amazing dude and then it, that starts the whole arc of brain invaders and everything and i mm-hmm. love that you know the queen or whatever i remember i had action figures and i kept on playing with them thinking like you know big wars coming out in geonosis or something anyway though obviously to piggyback off of everyone Mandal- the mandalorian shit i really loved i thought it was cool i thought pre-vizzle was just an absolute fucking tank you know, he just shoots some, like, one guy just straight in the face because he's, like, failure or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Jesus. That's actually pretty sweet. Not in a good way, but, you know. <laughs> and then the Zillow Beasts were introduced to, which is weird because I like, when, we, when we look back at it, the end of, like, episode three, the Children of the Forest, we never see anything ever again anymore about them. And then, obviously, with the Zillow Beast. But then Children of the Forest I thought was cool because, like, it was the first time we see uh, Darth Sidious be in, Darcidius doing all his political You're maneuvering, right. and I I was like, "Wow, this is pretty, it's pretty sick, actually." Mm-hmm. And then once again, more politics. So
0: before we talk about season three, does anybody remember the the TV spot, the the little trailer, hyping up the finale of season two, where it's young Boba Fett, and you hear like I'm, I think it was Mace Windy's voice specifically saying "Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba Fett" repeatedly. And it's at first we see Django's helmet, and you know, the T visor. It's coming out, and the camera is flipping because Boba's holding it upside down, and it goes from no. Django's. You don't know what I'm talking about?
1: No, dude. No, Brian doesn't know because he didn't watch it. I don't know because I'm not paying about go to that. You. Maybe Curtis knows. This,
3: this, I will say that this uh, ad drop sounds incredible, Max. So I'm glad you got to see it, <laughs> dude. I love yeah, it.
0: It does dude. sound pretty sick, dude. It was it <laughs>
3: hyped me the fuck up, dude.
0: It
1: really did. Um, Danilo, describe season three while I find this TV spot. (laughs) Alright, you're good, dude. Okay, so season three, we are introduced to none other than 99 and Domino Squad, and boy oh boy, what a time to be alive. Then we're introduced to, once again, we see from season one, Spear of Influence, Ahsoka leads search for Pentoran Chairman Family. Uh, we go to corruption, we see more politics, uh, we're back on Mandalore, back on Mandalore, back on Mandalore. Zero the Hutt wants out, we see them again, and we're introduced to a Jedi who's more rebellious, you know, who kind of falls along with Anakin almost, uh, Quinlan Voss, which is quite interesting, um, and then we see Cad Bane hold a lightsaber in that episode, so even more interesting. And then one of my favorite episodes with politics, we see heroes on both sides, where we're hearing the Separatist side for once. Out of all these years of watching these movies, we hear what the Separatists actually wanted. So that was pretty cool. And then, obviously, this is where shit gets heated up. We are introduced to none other than Dar- than uh, Savage Opress. Boy, oh boy. Was that pretty cool? You know, we're like, are we going to see Darth Maul again? And then we have one of the greatest episodes of all time, where we go to... Um, What's the planet called? Mortis. Uh, Mortis. Mortis. Yeah, the Mortis arc. Oh, my Lord. Someone was tripping acid, but boy, oh, boy, was was it a nice little trip. And then the second to last arc we get is the Citadel. Absolutely amazing once again. And this is where we really see the show taking off in full stride and just feeling Star Wars, basically. Almost every episode we're watching, it's cinematic. It's excellence. It's a wonderful TV show. The stories, they're nailing the characters they're nailing the arcs they're nailing then to end off we see chewbacca and ahsoka just going on going on a little mission you know just sending off after we see a lot of dark and deathness in this and this is where the series takes a turn and gets a lot darker on out so
0: and there's also the like a year time jump in this
1: one i believe yeah because all like- their um um they're updated with what they're wearing they're not wearing a lot of clone armor anymore
0: yeah, they just have the gauntlets mm-hmm. and, like, the... I think the boots are the same, too, if not mistaken. Um, the show does get darker. For me, my favorite arc, though... You know, the Mortis arc's an obvious pick for most people. Um, that's the last thing George Lucas wrote, if I'm not mistaken, for Clone Wars. You know, Sam Witwer's introduced as the sun. And the Mortis arc plays, you know, a good a good bit into the Rebels stuff towards the end of it. I'm a big fan of the Citadel arc, to be honest. You know, that... Definitely my favorite. What about you, Curtis?
2: Well, right on my parade, dude, I'm I'm a sucker for the Mortis trilogy. It is so good. For just for the aspect of yes, introduction to Sam Witwer, who was a god tier voice actor. So I liked the idea of what the force could possibly like embody
1: to mm-hmm. different
2: people. Because you have the you have the you have the son who primarily plays his dark side, the daughter who's the light, and then the father who's kind of like the in between. And it's interesting to where like when Obi-Wan and Ahsoka meet the son, they're like, Oh, you're the dark side. He goes, Yes. And no. You're like, Whoa, what does he mean? He's so clearly evil. What is he talking about? And just uh all of the Mortis trilogy to me is just perfect. Season three really kicks it off in the like, high gear with all the production value. But um, no, Mortis, Mortis trilogy is, is like my top pick, followed right behind by, by like, the Night Sister stuff because I'm a big fan of the Night Sister stuff.
0: I forget sometimes the Savage was introduced in season three compared to four mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, Danilo, what about you?
1: Actually, the show gets just off and running with the Domino Squad, and you know I I fallen in love with Heavy Echo everyone liked that so I absolutely love seeing that I love seeing 99 I still cry every time I watch him take the bullet in the back but I'm gonna be with Curtis on this one the Mortis stuff was I didn't appreciate it when I was a kid but when I did the Clone Wars we watched for seven then obviously episode nine I thought Mortis was gonna play a big part in episode nine before the whole Trevorrow thing got leaked I thought we were gonna you know see something this cool on this level once again to end it off I always said that the way I thought Star Wars should have ended was we see just, like, a book close, and it says Journal of the Wills number one, and we see it float onto a shelf, you know, because that's what Star Wars was supposed to be titled or whatever, the adventures of Luke Skywalker or whatever, Journal of the Wills. So I thought we were going to see that, and I thought uh, the Mortis, like, it would be on on the planet of Mortis or whatever. So I was all for it. Um, And I I love that, and I'm with you, though. I, I love the Citadel. But the weird shit, like... I like that when it comes to Star Wars. And when we were kids, I liked it even more. So,
3: (laughs) And Brian, what about you? Yeah, so the the correct answer is the Mortis arc, because it's the best (laughs) arc in all of the Clone Wars. Um, But that being said, season three is just 22 bangers. Let's go. All these episodes are amazing this season. There is not one that's a miss. They're all so good. Um, Yeah, I love all all of the stuff. But yeah, Mortis is... It's something special, and it like transcends. I think what what the show was was doing. Like it's almost like its own its own thing. I think so.
0: Okay. What about um Daniel? Go ahead and talk about
1: season four for us.
3: Um, Introduce that. I, I just
1: want to I just want to make a quick note here. I'm okay. so happy Curtis said banger. I'm so happy he's taking the young lingo that we're bringing to the show and <laughs> implementing it into his own <laughs> daily life. I'm not that much <laughs> older than you, fuckers. That's right. That's right. Yeah.
3: We yeah. have to. Uh, yeah. Educate. You know, educate the youth <laughs> have to have, have to bring the heat you know exactly <laughs> right?
1: anyway though uh season four we go on and we see a lot of we open up with uh aqua planet which is pretty actually dope in my opinion and we see more politics boy oh boy do we love po- oh season three just a quick mention backtrack is where the politics we really start to see happen with mandalore with uh trade routes you know delivering troops everything like that we start to see so that's very interesting and then obviously, we see more politics here. We got Dooku on one side, Jedi on the other, squids and fish fighting each other. Rough time being emo. Okay, we keep going on. <laughs> and this is where we see a bit more of Dooku. And we're like, oh, wow, pretty cool Dooku. We see him torture Anakin. Pretty interesting. We then see the droids go with our boy uh, Commander Wolf. Mm-hmm. Very interesting yet intriguing episode. And then, of course, comes the episode the, the arc we're all going to be talking about. Umbara with Pong Krell. J- I, I'll never forget. I've watched that, dude. The TV spots, they hyped that shit up. And boy, did it deliver. Then we go to Kidnapped, where um, I don't even know what happens. Anyway, though, they pretend they're, Anakin has to go back to being a slave. That was not fun to watch again, but we did see it. We see Ahsoka goes to see the Mandalorians again. We get some new Mandalores. We see the box, which is where Obi-Wan, pretend, Obi-Wan pretends he's dead. And then we see Anakin, obviously, be all pissed about that. And we see a lot of Bounty Hunter stuff. Count Dooku. And then, to cap off the end of Season 4, we get Ventress trying to find Savage Press, And who's Savage Press trying to find? Darth Maul. And who does he find? Darth Maul. What a time to be alive! What a time to be alive! Oh, we didn't mention this, but I do want to say I'll mention it in this one. When Anakin's is in the slave and sl- being a slave again, we hear his theme come out—that the Darth Vader theme—and it's mm-hmm. throughout the entire series. And I always thought that was just the coolest thing ever. Very subtle they made it, but you know it was there.
0: Um, Curtis, what is your your favorite episode of Arc in season four? Ah, uh,
1: see, that's a hard one. Season four. He-
2: I don't think has any misses. And I could say I'm a big fan of the Darth Maul stuff. I love that kind of stuff. Darth Maul is great. But dude, Umbara is like the arc of the season. Mm-hmm. Having Pong Karel just be an absolute tool and kind of going to that mindset to where we all had in like the prequels, like, oh, these are just clones. Who gives a shit? But now we've spent like four th- like three to four seasons with them you're like no these are people I like these guys and them being chill like absolute dog shit sucks Ombara is also the only arc in Clone Wars that makes me cry really yes it is this it is the scene where Rex and the other side of the clones are fighting each other in that little alleyway and Rex realizes they're all clones takes off his helmet and he says don't shoot they find I'm forgetting his name and I hate myself They find that one clone is dying.
1: Yes, It's Waxer or Boyle. Yeah, it's one of the two.
2: It's one of the two. And that whole speech he gives just breaks my fucking heart. It's rough to watch. And then at that point, you're like, you know what? I don't mind if 66 kind of gets jumpstarted right now. Because fuck Pong Krell. He sucks. (laughs) No, Ambaro's like the best arc of the season. It's, It's so good.
0: For me, man, it's it's definitely the Darth Maul stuff. Darth Maul is my favorite villain in Star Wars. Um, it's like this was a big deal to be as a kid. Like I, for whatever reason, man, because like I would bring like my I would sneak my action figures to school sometimes, <laughs> and <laughs> I'll never you, forget in like kindergarten I want to say or first grade before I moved. Um, I brought my Phantom Menace Darth Maul figure to school. And I remember I got bullied, and it was like the weirdest shit for it, because they thought I had an action figure of Satan, not Ah. Darth Maul.
2: Yeah.
0: It was the weirdest shit. So like, growing up, I had to defend that I loved Darth Maul. And like, I remember like my dad had this shitty Misfits tattoo of the fiend. And like his, because his friend did it, like he miscolored it. And so instead of white, it was red. So, like, he joked it was a Darth Maul tattoo. Which made me like Darth Maul even more, for whatever reason. So him coming back in Clone Wars was just a mindfuck to me. I was so excited. I was absolutely in love with this arc. The the finale in Season 4 is my favorite episode of Clone Wars, period. When I get to see Obi-Wan and Darth Maul go at it again, like, I will... I'll never forget that scene where Mole is just standing up on the platform, the fires behind him, and it's so iconic to me personally because Darth Mole looks like fucking Satan with the fire behind
2: him. I Uh, swear, guys, he's not
0: the devil. And then like during the fight, the rematch, finally, we see for the first time in Star Wars, and I think the only time, Obi-Wan almost uses the dark side. Like he embraces a bit of anger, it's insane, man. Uh, Brian, what about you? What is season four? Clone Wars.
3: Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, Ponkrell sucks. He's he's the worst. Um, that arc is probably the best of season four. The uh, Yambara stuff. Um, yeah, I, there's something so awesome about the Darth Maul stuff. I love you know when he finds him and he's just like rambling and gibberish and he's like so like strung out and and stuff that's amazing um yeah and then kind of that that uh rematch there with obi-wan they're in like that i don't know it's like that hangar or whatever they're they're in mm-hmm. and having that fight and then uh, Saj shows up or whatever um yeah that's that's really good but yeah if, if i'm picking one yeah it's pro- it's probably the Umbara just because it tells that whole like complete story um and it's it's very beautiful. It's very sad. Uh, you know, like Curtis said, um, you know, it, it pulls at the heartstrings for sure, you know, watching watching that stuff go down. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that that one's going to be my, my pick for season four.
1: Okay, fair enough. Danilo, you? Any, any input for the season? Uh, I'm going to go with everyone and be like the Umbara arc as well. I did like the box where we got to some time with Obi-Wan just up as that Reiko Hardeen bounty hunter, and we saw a lot more mm-hmm. of Cad Bane mm-hmm. and Evol Morale or whatever his name was or the The creator of the box and Embo yeah Embo dude like I like so that so that cool. was really cool that was really mm-hmm. cool to see more bounty hunters but no I'm with everyone the Umbar arc for sure takes the cake when Pong Krell, like flies out the window and does the superhero landing best superhero landing ever dude like that shit's fucking gas mm-hmm. and then obviously the execution scene with Dogma was amazing Um, we can see where this was implemented I texted you about it Criterion had a sale a while ago, and I bought *Pads of Glory*, one of Stanley Kubrick's first films. And it's a very anti-war film. And if you watch that in the Empire arc, it's almost play for play. It's play for play with just Star Wars characters instead of World War One French troopers. So it's I. It's very interesting. I would, if I ever got to sit down with sit down with Dave Filoni, I would love to ask him if that's where the inspiration came from.
0: Okay, uh, that's interesting.
1: man. Movie. Yeah, but for sure it's. It's the umbar arc, man. One. Th- I'm I am, glad you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I just want to say, Hasbro, if you're listening, where's my Palm Crow action figure? I have been waiting <laughs> now years upon years. Sideshow, so make a Hot Toys of him. And where's anyway. my
0: Reiko Hardin? I was about to say that, dude. Um, yeah. We got a minifigure from Lego. I love the bounty hunters from this stuff, dude. I lo- Clone Wars bounty hunters are great. Specifically Embo, I love him. We see Teenage Boba Fett as well. Not just Kid Boba Fett, where he has his head shaved, which is pretty cool. Um, I know you aren't big on Boba, which you can get the fuck over in a couple of weeks. A book of Boba Fett coming out. <laughs> um,
1: That's yeah, a Fennec
3: show, so it's alright.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, Season 5, Danilo. This is the last full season of Clone Wars, really the full length Can I
2: interject season. before we go to season five real quick? Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. that's fine. Only the best. I want to... Thank you. What <laughs> I want to say is <laughs> especially with I would say this is probably the probably two best Anakin arcs in the show too, with the Slave of Zygeria arc and the Obi-Wan Undercover arc.
0: These mm-hmm. two arcs, yeah, especially because
2: sure. they went back to back. Mm. You finally start to understand the reasoning of why Anakin is so fed up with the Jedi bullshit. Yeah. Anakin having to relive his time being a slave and then the whole time of the council and his best friend and like the person he thought of as a brother the whole time just straight up lying to him he doesn't know how to react to that because he, he's still like a young guy he's still kind of new to all this mm-hmm. and him I'd say probably the Obi-Wan undercover stuff is probably when you start seeing him start to slowly more turn to like the Anakin of like episode 3 where he's mm-hmm. yeah you, you can tell he was more kind in 3 but you can tell he's definitely hardened up a lot. And, like, he's done with all the bullshit. I, I just want to interject that. they probably the best two Anakin arcs in that season.
1: No, you're good. You, get, you got a great point, honestly. Yeah. You do. Yeah, that's very true. As someone who's who loves Anakin, that's very apparent as well. Yeah. You may go now. <laughs> no, you're all good. I was just messing with you you're all. Good. <laughs> yeah. Season five, we get um, uh, Dark Maul again. Wow, cool. But then we get... Um, what's his name? The guy in fucking Rogue One, dude. God damn it. Saw Gerrera. Um, yeah. We get Saw and we see more politics again. More extremist versions of politics. But are they extremists? Who really knows? What's good and what's bad is Ralph Waldo Emerson once said. We keep going on and we see this little town. They don't like to fight and they don't want to fight. But the Jedi are like, no, we need to fight. Keep in mind, though, the Jedi are peacekeepers. Some more moral questions that they're asking us to deep dive into while watching Season 5. We keep going on, and we see once again uh, the younglings with Ahsoka. More of Ahsoka here. This is where we see, I think, Ahsoka really take full stride Mm -hmm. in the series and really get her probably best development um, throughout the entire uh, length of the show, uh, excluding Season 7, where she's having to, you know... Train these Jedi, train these young Jedi, get their Kyber Crystals, everything like that. We keep going on and on. The younglings are still there, younglings are still there. We get one of the best arcs of all time are the droids on a desert planet with uh, the super commando of Gregor. You know, that's just brilliant. And then we get the second best arc of all time, uh, Mandalore. Where it's just... Shit's just hitting the fan. It's, just, it's, it's a battle for power. It's politics. It's love. It's sisterhood. It's everything you ever wanted in Star Wars. And then we get the second best arc of all time. The arc where Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order. Because she was wrongly accused of something. And we see Commander Fox be a total bootlicker. So we're no longer a fan of him anymore. And we see... Ahsoka and Asajj fight off. We see Anakin force choke Asajj, and we really see this is where he's done. As Curtis said, with the Jedi Order. He is furious. And we see Ahsoka leave the Jedi Order at the end of Season 5.
0: What would your favorite episode or arc be, Curtis?
2: Uh, That's a rough one. <laughs> because yeah, we have that very big stuff with a soak at the very end, which I—that's probably going to be my answer. with all that because you have that intrigue of who done it. You have kind of like the political, like kind of kind of like the courts kind of work with um the Jedi Order, how they do things with a little bit of the influence from like Tarkin. Tarkin's a pretty big player in this last couple of yeah. episodes,
0: which is cool to see um, all, more Tarkin.
2: Um, oh, Tarkin's great. This is also the cap of the. Mandalore stuff with Obi-Wan and Maul up until Season 7. But no, that whole last couple arc, that last arc with uh, Ahsoka is very solid. Mm -hmm. With how... Because you're on Anakin's side with this point, you're like, well no, give him time because you'll know he's the one to figure out what went wrong. And at the end, Ahsoka, she's cleared of all charges but she still leaves because she's like, I spent years fighting for you. And just like that, you turned on me. I can't be a part of this anymore. And I think this is the part where Anakin's like, yeah, no, I can't. There's no more. If they can take away my apprentice like that, I can't trust these people, mm-hmm. at least openly, in a way anymore. I say that Ahsoka arcs to be the best, for me, at least.
0: I think the soak arc's definitely the best in this. Um, I do like the opening, seeing my favorite Clone Wars character, who we haven't talked about just yet. it down, buddy. Um, I love seeing the opening where Darth Maul goes against Hondo Onaka. Hondo is just yep. fucking great, dude. Um, Hondo
2: didn't give a shit who he was. He it was didn't.
0: awesome. <laughs> we just, insulin's repaired, so we don't even know what that word means. I have that quote um, written on my poster, actually, signed by Jimmy Cummings. Um, but back with the, the Mandalore arc, with, this, with Mandalore just going to absolute shit... There's another TV spot, specifically two TV spots for this season, I remember. Um, for that arc, I remember Obi-Wan in the, the red Death Watch armor with a jetpack flying down the hallway, and he stops. And the camera turns around, and he has his lightsaber out, and he's just like, he, he, I forget what he says, but the door opens, and he just sees all the chaos. And the TV spot stops. And there's another TV spot where, um, it's for the Ahsoka arc, actually. And it's we see Anakin fighting Barriss, but with um, two blue sabers, I think, instead of the yep. red one, because which was later be Ventress's insane TV spot. Because we're like, why is there two sabers? Who, what the fuck's going on here? Um, but I think my favorite solo episode is oh, what was what's the episode called? Excuse me. I think it is Lawless, where we get the only fight in Clone Wars of this character. Going against my favorite villain... We get to see... Darth Sidious...
1: The most most watched clip on YouTube... That comes to Star Wars and lightsaber fights... Oh, for sure... Darth Sidious... Versus Darth
0: Maul... And Savage Opress... Just absolutely fucking mind-blowing... And Darth Maul... Is not only using half of his Phantom Menace saber... But also the Darksaber... I could have not asked for a better lightsaber fight... And It is revealed that Palpatine has two sabers as well, an absolute mind fuck. And of course, the death of Savage. Um, yeah, fair episode this season is Lawless for sure. The overall arc is, of course, the Ahsoka stuff brings me to fucking tears to this day. Um, what about you, Brian?
3: Yeah. So, yeah, the Ahsoka arc is is hands down uh, the best arc of the season, I think. Um, and it it looks like, substantially better than the rest of the season, so I think they probably were working on that for, like, a super long time um, and just decided to put it on. Um, I really like, I don't even know if we had talked about it at all, but I really like the stuff at Ilum with the uh, younglings going to get their lightsabers. I really liked, uh that arc, too. Um, they're with Ahsoka, and then she's kind of, you know, charged with protecting them um, against uh, Ahondo. You know, it pops back up in, mm. in the season there, but but yeah, the, uh, the uh, you know, the the wrong Jedi, that that whole arc, yeah. That's 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 tops. <laughs> Danilo?
1: Yeah, dude, we're going to go back to that Lawless episode. Because I'll tell you right now, I watched that religiously when I was a kid, dude. And I played that with my action figures almost every day, religiously. I will never forget when his theme music comes in, dude. And we see this Mandalorian just being force choked up against a wall, like, flying up in the air, dude. And then he whips out the two lightsabers. We knew he had two lightsabers in Revenge of the Sith, but we never saw him use them. And then we see it, then, just phenomenal, dude. We see more of Bo-Katan just absolutely kicking ass. We see Satine die in this, uh, maybe not the episode, but in oh, that Oh, you're arc. right.
0: She does die that episode.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. which is just, mm-hmm. you, it's just heartbreaking for Obi-Wan. You see it, you know. And I think, I think Darth Maul taught us a very valuable lesson there. Death doesn't, you know, isn't what we should be afraid of. It is suffering. And, you know, very dark, very dark stuff in this season. And then, obviously, we get to this final, final arc of Ahsoka. And that is absolutely heartbreaking. And once again, we get more dark side Anakin, which is just beautiful in my eyes. Where he's fighting um, Barris, And he, like... Force, like, just slams her up against a tree in a non-sexual way and then brings her back then to him just for now. And and the Temple Guards then have their lightsabers out, dude. Just for the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, fucking sick. Then Fox is just a fucking bootlicker, dude. An absolute (laughs) re-dude. Like, come on, dude. He was all cool and everything. And then he wouldn't let Anakin go see him. And then we see more of Tarkin, which is just great we see and we see how Tarkin is also again build moving up in the ranks and trying to be the next best thing Mm. just just, this one doesn't have a miss dude and shout out to Gregor
0: um back to the lawless thing before we move on to season six my favorite quote in Clone Wars comes from that episode as well um right before Satine dies by the hands of Darth Maul Obi-Wan tells him, you can kill me but you can never destroy me I'm that quote's always stuck with me, man. I actually have, again, written that on my Clone Wars poster. Um, but season wow. six, Danilo, this is, f- you know, a half-finished season. It's known as The Lost Missions. It was released on Netflix. Um, this was kind of, a, kind of a clusterfuck of a season because I, there's some weird stuff in it.
1: I never watched it uh, until I was very older. Um, I didn't, we didn't worry, kind of... Just were slow on everything. Our family was, I should say, my parents were, with getting up to date with what, um, what everyone's doing. So Netflix, we didn't get that, dude, until I was eighteen years old. Oh, um, wow, yeah. So I never, saw, I saw it like on Kiss Cartoon or whatever, because and my buddy was like, <laughs> you know, they're out, they're out there, and I'm like, okay, I don't have Netflix, and then Kiss Cartoon came in clutch, and I watched them then, um, legally, legally, legally. Um, you know, uh, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, so I watched it then, and I and I was much older then. I was fifteen, sixteen, I think. And this had politics in it, and this was fucking beautiful. Like for me, you know, I, I said my favorite movie of the year and probably ever will be is the new Dune because it's what I, I always wanted to see in Star Wars, which was politics, mm-hmm. and that's what this had. This had Order sixty six with Palpatine. This had more Palpatine with the banking clan, which is like, okay, how do we get two arcs about a fucking, two episodes about a goddamn banking clan? You know, like, how, how is that interesting for kids? For me, I, I was just loving every second of this, dude. And then obviously we see Mace Windu and uh, Yoda doing his uh his weird shit. With, <laughs> I don't even know because I don't even think I really watched all of them. Uh, you know. I think I may was maybe if I was falling asleep during that, but yeah, I binged I binged it. But uh, yeah, we see uh, Count Dooku again in this in this final season, and Mark and Hamill
0: was... as Darth Bane.
1: Yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes. So that was all very. It was. It was season six was something, but it didn't have a miss, which is weird. It just shot all over the place, but like each individual individual episode was very very good in my opinion. Yeah,
0: they they feel out of place for sure. Um, I don't. They feel almost out of order, in my opinion. Like these feel like these yeah. were the only episodes that were finished at the time. Just throw them in here. Doesn't matter if they're chronological. Make the Yoda the last one because it has the most poetic ending. Just to wrap the show up because it got canceled. Kind of that. That's the, that's the way I look at season six. You know, this was a last minute. Let's say it's an ending, even though it's not. Um, for me, the Yoda arc, I like quite a bit. Because it's like, okay, we finished the show, how we begun it with Yoda. Um, I thought his little mini Jedi Starfighter's cool. Um, him with R2 is something we don't ever really get to see other than Empire. Which I thought that's a really nice little expansion again. Clone Wars does what little references in the movies can I mean expand upon, you know. Uh, the Mark camel cameo is cool but what was really neat was me was seeing um or hearing Liam mason as qui-gon for that you know helping yoda learn about the force and becoming a force spirit i thought was neat and of course we get the little vision um where everything was okay again in in the eyes of the republic for the jedi really dooku never turned ahsoka still part of the jedi order um that's really peaceful that's really satisfying to see that's what yoda always wanted um, so that's definitely my favorite part of season six. So about you, Curtis?
2: I, mm, yeah, season six is weird because this is released after I believe the show was announced it was canceled.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah.
2: And this, like, I, I'm wanted to know. I didn't see this till years later until I had a Netflix account. And I was like, did I ever watch these? And so I watched them, and I liked it. Well, you could tell there was something weird about it. Like something wasn't finished. I like the Yoda stuff a lot. I think some of the things are kind of weird. Like a lot of the vision stuff, I like. Introduction of uh, Darth Bane was dope. Is this our first time seeing
0: Sifo Dyas? Yes, yes. Which I thought was interesting. Or legends period, I believe.
2: Like anything, like that's like that's the image that pulls up because you know I don't think there's an actor form either.
0: No, that's the like, only Sifo Dyas image. Yeah, which America I think is cool.
2: The Clone Wars can claim bad stake. Like, hey, movies, we actually have sifo What do you have? Exactly. But my my favorite arc is the um is the whole Fives arc with the whole, the whole Order 66 stuff. Okay. Because it starts off, you know, like a typical, like a Clone Wars episode. Anakin's leading clones to the sh- um, ship with um against General Trench, who's somehow still alive. You're like, oh, that's cool. And then something just happens where a clone just... St- Kills a Jedi for no reason. You're like, oh shit. And as adults now going back, you're like, I know what's happening. This is bad. And just seeing that whole arc of five trying to figure out what happened to I believe was it Tup that had happened to? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, going back to yeah. Camino. Yep. Going back to Camino, figuring all that stuff out. You just see a little bit of shock T in there. Then you have the Palpatine interrogating. <laughs> The clone to which God knows what was said in that room, <laughs> where he finally just goes nuts. Mm-hmm. There's also the sad part where Palpatine was switched over to, I believe, Tim Curry, who took over the voice role after Ian yeah. Avcrombie died, which mm. is different, but I don't think it does a bad job. And then just that heartbreak episode of where Fives is so close to explaining what happened, and then Wolf just guns him down. You're like, he was so close. Yeah. Once I mean, again, you think, dude, what, what if? A boot Ah, what an ass. It just makes you think what if he had that like, split second to explain what was going on? What could have happened in the Star Wars lore if he had said something at that moment? And what haunts me from this season is that final line from Fives is that the nightmares are finally over and it, it's, it's rough. It's rough. I That's what I appreciate about this. That's what I appreciate about Clone Wars. It's not afraid to kill off characters that you like and have it mean something. Because shows can kill off characters all the time. But it's hard to do it in a way that you feel like it's earned, and it's actually genuinely heartbreaking when it happens. I agree. So, yeah, that's mine. It's the older 66 stuff, I think, is probably my favorite arc of this Lost Missions series, season.
3: Very well, Poe. What about you, Brian? Yeah, so season six is kind of weird, right? Um, like Curtis said, yeah, This was this kind of came out after they'd announced that it was... Cancelled, so this was gonna be the last of the Clone Wars that everyone got to see. Mm -hmm. Um so so if you just watch it like as a season, you're like, oh, that's not really that great of a season to end the Clone Wars on. (laughs) But the season is so perfect perfect at setting up Revenge of the Sith. Like everything that happens in there needs to happen to make Revenge of the Sith make sense. Um yeah, I, I love the stuff with fives. I I really like the Yoda arc where he's, you know, uh getting high and having his visions. He's uh, going on a vision quest out in the desert. Um, mm. Yeah, the, that stuff's pretty great. Um, but yeah, I think I think the season as a whole, like I said, I think it just sets up Revenge of the Sith so well, um, you know, as, as far as kicking off or ending what Clone Wars is going to be, you know, for, for a long time until it got resurrected last year. So. And Danilo?
1: I liked when Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Count Dooku all teamed up. I thought that was very, very interesting. Oh my God, that was the. Season. I I love. I think, growing older, you have a way better of appreciation for Count Dooku than you do when you're a kid. Yeah. And I for sure yeah. see it. Like Count Dooku is like the shit, dude. But the Banking Clan, I have to go with the Banking Clan. I love that arc. I love the Count Dooku episode, but the arc of the Banking Clan was just phenomenal to me. Okay. So. Yeah. I like no. how it's almost like a different arc, except the Clovis
2: arc, which is in, which is in here. But I like how we all just skipped that one.
0: I forget to even apart this. Yeah. T- Other than Embo's in it. Embo's so cool. Yeah. Um, You know, next to season seven, of course, which I think we were all really excited for the show to come back after, you know, years of fans wanting it to. We got Rebels, which had actually completed at this point. We were, what, halfway yeah. or... Resistance was about to start, I think.
2: Yeah, because they were doing the um, like farewell rebels panel. I think.
0: Yeah, so this was for a sure. um, a Comic Con panel anniversary for mm. Clone Wars. Oh yeah, yeah, right. So, um... what was your initial reaction to the trailer for Clone Wars coming back,
1: Danilo? Um, actually, my initial reaction I think was the fact that I'm at Dave Filoni. I think the day before I saw this. So I was still in shock by that. Uh, I remember I sat there for a whole day, just in Chicago, sitting in this little stage uh, for The Mandalorian because that was the same day. And then it was a conversation with Alan Tudyk, and then this dude. Oh, the the Clone Wars trailer came for
0: San Diego Comic Con.
1: Oh yeah, that was fine, dude. That was pretty cool. (laughs) I was pumped. Like, yeah, dude, I'm already moving on to that because that's irrelevant right now. Seeing just helmets lined up, man. Who cares? Mm. Celebration is where it happened, bud. That's when the rollout really started. (laughs) And I remember that room just fucking lit up, man. That was the coolest thing ever I've ever been a part of.
0: It was a good pain. I was there, too, for it. Yeah. Um, Gosh, dude, I was so thrilled. I cried during that trailer. You know, of course, I knew Ahsoka survived Order 66 from the novel, Saw and Rebels. But here, seeing like young Ahsoka again, you know, hello, Master. It's been a while. That, ah, but such warm feelings in my heart again seeing her back in that form. Um, Curtis, what about you? So I'll kind of go. The
2: first announcement trailer I thought was great. I was so excited. Because we, at the very end, we see like a little bit of the, the more updated art style that they're doing for. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to celebration, you see that art style finally like move. It looks just. We can all agree this is the best looking season. Yeah, it is yeah. just downright gorgeous. It is. I'm, <laughs> rotten. That's where I met Max and Danilo. Um, <laughs> uh, that celebration that year was 2019, I believe.
0: Yes. And
2: yep. I was actually on my way back home, so I was watching the panel on the train ride right back. There's no fucking way I was missing that panel. And just hearing all of them talk about what it was like coming back, and then fighting, watching a clip of it was great. Seeing everything for finally getting an end to a show and how they want to do it. Mm-hmm. Plus, with it being the ever famous Mandal- <laughs> Siege of Mandalore arc, which had been talked about for years at any panel mm-hmm. day, it was at. It's like, yeah, the Siege of Mandalore was going to be our last season, but you know, um, watching that room just. Was amazing. It's it, the it so good. I, I'm at a loss for words because that's how excited it made me.
3: Brian, yeah. Um. So when I heard season seven was coming out, everyone was very excited about that, and that made me happy that they were excited. And I said, okay, I guess I have to watch all six seasons of this so I could also be excited and watch <laughs> season seven. Uh. So that kicked off my. Uh, getting into Clone Wars. So I actually don't even remember if I ever watched the trailer uh, for it, other than I just heard that it was <laughs> announced that it was coming out. And, you know, then I I decided, you know, had Disney Plus now so I could uh, very easily uh, watch all the episodes. So, oh, uh, dang. So
0: yeah, so, yeah. That's interesting. Um, Daniel, with this being, a, you know, just arcs in this season, do you want to explain the arcs?
1: Yeah, the first arc, we're introduced to Bad Batch. Uh, as we know, StarWars.com uploaded, after Clone Wars ended, unrendered uh, stories. Uh, three arcs, and the Bad Batch was one of them, so we saw it fully rendered, and it almost went shot for shot, uh, and dialogue for dialogue, so it was nothing like really too, too special, but we were getting our feet wet, once again, with Clone Wars. We saw clones, we got personal with clones, we saw Echo Comeback, everyone was happy about that. We saw Anakin and Padme still have that little love affair. Obi-Wan knows we finally find out. And we're introduced to Clone Force 99. Love them or hate them you know. Mm. Next arc, we get Ahsoka. And we get Ahsoka and Rafa and the Martez sisters. And they're kind of just running around being spice traders for a hot minute, which is pretty interesting. And then obviously we see Bo-Katan at the end of it. Ahsoka learns what it meant to be a Jedi while she was there. And so we get to the end of it where Bo-Katan comes back and says, Ahsoka, we were friends once back in the day. I'm going to need you now because Mandalore is under attack by Darth Maul. Time to get rid of him. I'm going to start a coup. Will you help me? And the Republic said, absolutely. So Ahsoka goes to see Obi-Wan and Anakin. And then this obviously the Siege of Mandalore starts. And Obi-Wan's being a bit of a dick. But Anakin has a special place in his heart for Ahsoka, like always. He's in total shock. He says, go there and fix it while I go deal with episode three shit. And Ahsoka does. We find out that Darth Maul is kind of an anti-hero now and how he wants to destroy Darth Sidious and Anakin Skywalker. But Ahsoka says, I know, I don't think so, honey. So then they fight. And then we finally see the clones turn on Ahsoka. We finally see Rex turn We see Order 66 full out in play. We see their gunship go down. We see the ending of it all. The Republic is no more. And Darth Vader comes in at the very last minute of the Clone Wars. I
0: think we can all agree the best arc is the Siege of Mandalore, right? Oh yeah. Brian, you don't see too sure on that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, no, I was I was just kidding. Yes, of course it is. Okay. Um,
0: do, do we need to talk about anything but Siege of Mandalore, honestly? No. Like, it's all good, don't get me wrong, but I mean, it's the fucking Siege, Siege of Mandalore. Siege
1: of Mandalore is where it happens.
0: That was a movie. I mean... Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it started off with Lucas the Star Wars production, bud. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, um, that's true. I had, had the different colored font. It was completely its own separate thing. Um, I'm still agitated that they never just released a full
1: cut of it together on Disney Plus to watch. But Yes, I'm so upset we didn't get this last one physical on physical media. You yeah, know, me too. Everything else, everything else was on. I don't
0: know. So. Or a box set. Something, man. Um, Daniel, what do you specifically like
1: about Siege Mandalore? Uh, The final shot. The final shot, I thought, was maybe the best shot. It will, in my opinion, it still always will. It is the best shot to ever come out of Star Wars. Of okay. any property, of any media, of any comic book, cartoon, coloring book, book, action figure, box set, Lego, anything. It is one of the, it is the best shot. And it's the best shot of 2019. Uh, it's on there for 30 seconds, but it's absolutely beautiful. It sums up the entire series uh, just ex- exquisitely, in my opinion, dude. It's gorgeous.
0: I agree on it. I think my favorite part of, uh, gosh, it has to be the, uh, the, the fight with Darth Maul and Ahsoka. Of course, man. At the best fight in Clone Wars. Of course, we got Mocap from, uh, Lori Mary Kim as Ahsoka and Ray Park, Darth Maul himself, physically playing Maul in Clone Wars. Absolutely insane. Um,. Other than that scene, cause it's a bit of a cheap way to take it. Um I love Anakin in Ahsoka's reunion slash proper goodbye. I mean that brings me to tears every time rewatching this arc. Brian, what is your do you have a favorite moment in season seven?
3: Um, yeah, I mean Danilo, you know, got it right. Obviously that's the that's the key moment right there, you know, when uh, he picks up the lightsaber at the end, Darth Vader does. Um uh, just to to take a step back from it, I'll say season seven was just like so beautiful to look at. Uh, the art team just did such a fantastic job. Um, and it's it's like night and day like the difference even even from like season six to what to what they could do um, in season seven. but yeah, I mean all of all of that stuff I really loved, um, like that that kind of uh, reintroduction with Ahsoka and Anakin. I, I really liked at the beginning of the um yeah, of of that of, you know, her just uh being reintroduced to the clones and them uh, you know, wearing her colors and things like that was uh was really uh, pretty spectacular and you know, that's what everyone saw hit the on the trailer at the celebration stage or whatever and got everyone hyped up and yeah, for sure it's easy to understand why, you know, after I got the chance to watch it.
0: <laughs> uh, Curtis, what about you?
3: Ah, I'm
2: trying not to pick the ones that have been said already, because they're all valid reasons. I mean, the last shot of, of Darth Vader coming out of the clone helmet is beautiful. That's actually gonna be my next tattoo. Is that is that image? Oh, okay. That's why I decided it's gonna be. Personally, I'm a big fan of right when the clones actually turn because right before that we had that little bit of we had that scene where Maul kind of opens his eyes and we actually hear audio from episode three of mm-hmm. Ian Sam and Hayden that whole scene plays out and it's also good that Man Lantern has that last word in that clip and to see Rex struggle is just rough to watch And then when they finally turn, this is what gets me is because they play my favorite piece of music from all of star Wars, which is Anakin's dark deeds. Mm. And that just, that destroys me. Cause you're like, well, it's over. Clone Wars is done. This is now the start of the empire. There's no turning back anymore. And that's, I think that part strikes me more than anything out of this last arc is the point to where clone Wars is now officially done. Now we're into empire. Uh, It's it's fair, man. I didn't. Gosh, that's your favorite piece of music? You said? Anakin's dark deeds. I will listen to it, and I will just get emotional. Not only because that that beginning part, but that last like minute twenty where they substitute in "I'm sorry," and Mm -hmm. it just wrecks me. That is my favorite piece of Star Wars music. Is Anakin's dark deeds?
0: Dang, it's a good choice for sure, man. It is. Yeah. Um. Gosh. I'm, I'm very happy man I was able to see not only the movie opening weekend The show the first night But I was able to watch almost With the exception of season 6 In maybe a couple episodes I was able to watch 90% of Clone Wars Like every night First showing every, First as it aired um, I stayed up till 3 for the finale of Clone Wars Because you know so Not did Standard Time. Yeah You know And for the premiere, stayed up for it too, man. It was just such a a wild journey, honestly, for for over ten years. Um, I want to ask you guys, what is your favorite season, specifically, Brian? Go
3: first. Oh man, um, (laughs) the season as a whole is probably probably season three. Okay, I think because I think that's just where the show kind of like makes this turn into being a little bit more serious and I think that all of those story arcs are really important for the uh, kind of for the overall presentation of the show, so yeah, if I had to pick one season it's probably season three uh, Okay, that's fair For
0: me, I think it's season five I'm a big fan of the whole Darth Maul, Mandalore stuff and of course Lawless is just a, an absolute mindfuck of an episode um, Curtis, how about you?
2: Mine's season four, I well, know without a doubt it has nothing misses in that season. You have the start of like Darth Maul coming back, you have Umbara, Obi Wan undercover. That is probably the most that season, and with like season seven, probably the best little bit of Star Wars we could probably ask for. Is that like 12, 13 episodes
1: we have? Understandable, Danilo. Season seven. I know it's a cop out answer, but it's either season one or season seven. You know, I was eight when I started the show. I was eighteen when the show ended, or twenty. Twenty. It was like a sending off, you know, of like, this is it. You know, like like you're an adult now. The show has catered you into the next the next uh, stage of your life. It's time. You know, it's time to like grow up and you know everything like that. And I thought, I thought it was just it was it was a great season finale. You know, I had my best moments throughout the entire time watching this show and I thought it just uh, came to a beautiful conclusion at the right time in my life and I we I watched it with my family again. My whole family sat down and watched it. I even made my sister watch the watch the last uh, the last season of Clone Wars. But That's yeah, awesome. It, man. Was, it was it was a nice it was a nice end to, to a great season.
0: Ending it the way it started with your family. Yeah. Very nice, man. Um, does anybody have any final comments on Star Wars The Clone Wars? No? Kevin
1: Kiner, Kevin Kiner did a good job with the score. Yeah, dude, he, he hey. did. He did. Good, good
0: substitute for John Williams, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is, definitely still holds up one of my favorite shows of all time. Just something I grew up with nonstop, and
3: from a little kid to an adult, I, it still hits me hard. I fucking love this show. Um yeah who? and I will say I will say if you are going to go back and rewatch it you can go to starwars.com and they have the chronological order um, it's mostly like the first 3 seasons there's a, a little bit after that that's kind of out of order but it's kind of fun and interesting to watch it like in that chronological order when you're like in season 3 and then you're going back to uh, an episode from season 1 and uh, stuff like that so uh, that's pretty fun if you're going to do a rewatch
0: saying, I've never done try. it in chronological order actually I, I did either.
1: that leading up to the finale. I watched the entire Clone Wars one la- one more time before season seven aired. That's I think awesome. I finished it like the night of, and it was it was interesting because, like Brian said, you're like you, Disney Plus was out then, so you're going like from season two back to season one, back to then season three, then to two. You know, you're just jumbling mm. all over the first place for the first three seasons, uh, basically. But it's cool. Hmm.
0: Um. Who here has seen the 2003 Clone Wars? I have. Brian, have you watched? Uh, I I also have. Yeah. Okay. Uh.
3: Yeah.
0: Danilo? Uh I've seen parts. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this being a micro series, you know, obviously, it's a lot shorter than the Clone Wars. This is just Clone Wars. It's two D. Um, for me, I didn't watch this on TV because I didn't get into Star Wars two thousand five. Um, I rented DVDs of this on from Blockbuster. This is one of the things. I never returned them either. <laughs> um but it was split up into volumes one and two for me. And I just want to ask you guys, because this is this is more just one off like adventure stories than anything. Like we see Kit Fisto um on Oh gosh, what is that planet? The Mon Mon Calamari? Mon-cala. Moncala. Moncala, yeah. Moncala. <laughs> um <laughs> And that's of course where like his battlefront character's front the design, where his shirtless comes from, the action figures from that as well. Um, we see kind of the origins of Ventress. We see the origins of Anakin and the Scar on Yavin 4. Uh, mm-hmm. We see Dirge, who is a character who's just now brought into canon through the uh, War of the Bounty Hunters comic series, which is pretty good. Um, we see uh, the origins of General Grievous in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, which is semi-canon, because now it's brought into Clone Wars, or Season 7. Um, just insane stuff. I just want to, real quick, you know, what are some of your favorite parts of this? I know this episode's really based on favoritism, but, I mean, we're talking a movie, seven seasons of a show, and a micro-series. I mean, I don't want to just bog it down with what we hate and criticize the fuck out of it, but what are some of your favorite, I guess, episodes or moments in this, Brian?
3: um yeah so yeah so you had the first season and there were like three like three to five minutes i think they were on like cartoon network and you could get them online yep um and then they expanded those out because the first season did uh fairly well but um i really like the art style for it um i like the way that they handled like the jedi it was almost more like a comic book superhero kind of thing really it was like you'll see like mace windu like uh jumping down like and clearing out you know just thousands and thousands of like battle droids so uh the stuff like that's fun um they're just fun but probably the the highlight for me probably um really there's two you get so you get like the the shot of like pat May looking out the the window at anakin ship leaving that's a good one um but i really like the the end of like that that first series of him of the episodes and you have asajj and uh, Anakin fighting on uh, Yavin 4 um, and it's in like the rain um, and, and that just looked really cool like in that animation style so you had like the rain hitting the lightsabers and stuff and it was sizzling it just it looked really cool um, so I was a big fan of that. For
0: me I really love the, the Mace when it's the actual this army of battle droids he's force punching mm. the fuck out of them he's running up the I don't even know what that ship's
3: called I think it's oh, the only uh, time you see it the best thing in that fight is he, like, force disassembles one. Yes! <laughs> You'll see him just, like, all the screws pop out of it. It's amazing. And it
0: his lightsaber's going through the. Because um, the ship, you know, has basically a fucking hammer. You know, it slams down, causes a dust wave, basically. He um, loses his lightsaber, like, two times, I want to say. And he just feels it through the force and just grabs it like it's Thor's hammer, which is awesome. Um,. Love that, of course I love the grievous origins, he's just picking Jet up by his feet, just absolutely annihilating these motherfuckers. But I think my favorite arc Um I don't remember what planet it's called or the species. But it's kinda when Anakin's going through the prophecy and he's going he's rescuing the the males of this species that are it reminds me of Temple of Doom almost, in a sense. He's going through he's rescuing these the males that are enslaved, um, and he has to, doesn't he have to gather like the sacred item? I think, too, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that.
3: Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, he had to, yeah, there was something he had to get. I don't remember what it was off the and top of my head.
0: Going through, and we, we see like the his the prophecy in a sense, and uh, like some visions he's having through these tribal paintings, which is pretty awesome. Um, that's definitely the coolest thing. At one point, he loses his robot arm, and he's going through with just a nub in his other hand. Um, that was awesome, but I also really enjoy the scene or the episode where it's Yoda and Padme on Ilum with the uh, mm. lightsaber
3: crystals. That was pretty cool. She puts her coat on C-3PO. as like a decoy. So. Yeah. <laughs> what about
0: you, Curtis? So kind
2: of a little bit of a, of a <laughs> Brian is... I'm a big fan of that art style. Um, for those who don't know, it was made by uh, what, Gennady Targovsky, who was kind of mm. coming off his Samurai Jack fame, which that show is fantastic. I love, I love that art style that he does. Mm. My favorite about thing about the micro series is, I think personally, they handle Grievous a lot better. Grievous okay. in the micro series is a fucking monster. His introduction is, ter- he is like who you would think the droid would name as a general. He's massive. He's scary. The voice they give him is great. Mm. He's actually a force to be reckoned with. He's a he's an absolute unit. Yeah, he's grievous in that micro series for as little as he's on screen. I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest impact on me because that's what I remember most.
0: That's a uh, Joe DiMaggio, isn't it? The voice of Bender from Futurama.
2: Is it? If it, uh, I don't know. If it is, that's awesome.
0: I'm pretty sure I, it is. I wouldn't doubt it. Pretty sure it is um daniel what about you man what are your, i know you didn't watch all of it i mean i remember most of it what is your favorite stuff that you do
1: remember about this show shock t um just as i got older just the meme now of like she's died like five times in <laughs> right. four different ways i mean you know i think that's pretty interesting um kit fisto i like seeing him i also obviously liked uh the clone alpha right that's his name the yeah Red alpha clone. you see him alpha. yeah i think that's oh, yeah. cool and obviously anakin more of anakin how he gets to tat it, how he gets some tattoos and shit, how he's starting to fight Asajj, all that's very, very cool.
0: Yeah, man, it's, it's pretty awesome, honestly. I do quite enjoy the 2003 one. It's it's harmless. I wish elements of it were canon. Um, I understand some of it contradicts the Clone Wars. Um, it would have been cool to be see your... some... Go ahead. It can be your headcanon, buddy, don't worry. Yeah, it is kind of headcanon. It would have been cool to see some of this for to 3D animation. Um, specifically the, like, Grievous kidnapping Palpatine would have been really neat to see. But, yeah. Anyone have any final comments for The Clone Wars or Clone Wars? No? No.
3: <laughs> go, uh, go watch them. Yeah. yeah. You're exactly. missing out if you
0: haven't. If you're, if you're a Star Wars fan, I don't know what the fuck you're doing without watching these. Um... Especially, you know, the 3D anime Clone Wars the Some of the best stuff put on television, in my opinion. Um, yeah, we're just going to wrap it up for Clone Wars, I think, guys. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we'll go ahead and discuss, you know, the news for this week and for Hawkeye Episode 4. Um, if you don't want to stick around for the rest of this episode, we'll talk to you next week. But we'll be right back.
2: Oh, hi, Mark.
1: and now hawkeye in episode four of hawkeye more christmas and what do we see oh we're going to be talking about hawkeye by the way for our listeners and then we're going to be talking about news but we're going to be talking about hawkeye first um yeah so Haley steinfeld and clint are just chilling like a villain with jack duquesne and jack's kind of kind of i don't know what would be the right word to call him a um punk. an absolute jackass and not Jackass for forever. Um anyway though. Yeah, and Sophia from Ega is just like, Hey Jack, I kinda like you and Jack's all like I like you too, but your daughter I hate and Haley's all like, "Yo, well, I hate you too, Jack. And then anyway, they go up to this rooftop to this apartment building, and they're just kinda chillin' and they break into this apartment. And we see it's because they're trying to find this watch maybe you guys can inform me about what the hell this watch means i don't know jack shit i don't understand why uh clint wants this watch back and so oh um sorry curtis um we're gonna be talking about hawkeye and spoilers ahead fine okay That's fine. <laughs> anyway though keep going on and, and uh we get to the apartment uh Haley gets the watch and she's fighting Maya. And then Clint's fighting this girl and he's like, no, I'm fighting Maya. But then we all know who it is because we all keep up to the MCU news outlet, also known as MCU Direct on Twitter, that Yolana is going to be in the Hawkeye series. So we know who Clint's fighting and who is it? It's a Black Widow assassin. But who is it? Florence Pugh. And then everyone just combusts on the Internet this morning at around 3 a.m. in the uh, Eastern Standard Time, 12.01 Central Time. Or Pacific Standard Time. So yeah, that was it. Yeah, no basically. basically. No post credits scene. No. I'm always um, waiting. No. No post-credits.
0: Yeah. How do you How do you feel about this? You know, I know you're not enjoying the show too much within the last week's episode. I think.
1: Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know, man. It's It's hard because I'm invested in all these characters. I'm invested in Haley. I'm invested in Maya. And I'm invested in Florence. I don't really care for Clint. I don't care for the, like, what are they called? uh, Tracksuit Mafia. Mm -hmm. I think the story's fine. I'm I'm just kind of vibing with it because it's it's a Christmas time show, basically, and I like Christmas, and we're right around the time that this show's happening, you know, right now, so I'm just vibing with it. You know, it's like if I go hang out and smoke with someone and they pass me, you know, the blunt, I'm like, yeah, man, I'll hit it, you know, so I'm just vibing with it. I'm not like... God, I love Hawkeye, man. He's shooting arrows, and that that's the superhero I need in life. No, dude. You're fucking Robin Hood, you know? Get over yourself, bud.
0: <laughs> um, I really liked episode three quite a bit. I spoke about last week pretty highly above it. Um, out of this episode, dude, you know, obviously we can Florence Pugh. It's a big takeaway. Um, it, this episode just brought me... what, what How should I put this? Last week you said that the women are killing it in the MCU, the new yeah. the new women actors, the yeah. new characters. Yeah. This woman just reinstates that for me, dude. Um, or this episode, excuse me. I'm loving Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. I really am. Um, you know, I'm not a big Jeremy Renner guy. I don't mind Hawkeye. Again, he's not someone I'm rooting for all the time. No, I'm so right. It's not someone I'm like fucking stagged to see. But I'm really liking K Bishop. You know? That's, oh, that's I get the
1: worst it static to see. Static shock. I gotcha. Brian, how did you feel about this episode <laughs> right? Uh
3: so so I thought that this episode was was pretty good. Um as, as a whole so far, I'm I'm liking the show a lot. I like uh, I like the setting. I like setting it as like this Christmas thing. I like that they're kinda digging into um, kind of like the emotional trauma that Clint still has from, you know, the, the fallout from the Thanos stuff and, uh, losing, um, Natasha, uh, Black Widow, Natasha. Yeah. Um, so I, I, really like that. I really like kind of the dynamic that, um, he has with, uh, Kate Bishop, uh, Haley, she's uh, doing an awesome job at it. Um, of course, you know, the big reveal with, uh, Yelena today was, uh, was pretty sweet too, um. I like that they were just like getting hammered and talking about shooting arrows. That was pretty fun. Um, yeah, I think, like I said, none of, none of these episodes have been like, Oh man, that episode was the best, best ever. But I, but so far like over the four, um, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. And I think that it's going to be a nice little story. I like that it's kind of a smaller scope than most of the MCU it tends to be oh at the end of the world. You know, not everything has to be a end of the world thing. Like it could be, uh, some smaller stories and still fit. Um, and, you know, this Marvel playground. So uh, I'm liking that so far. And, yeah,
1: that was pretty good. It is a small i you mentioned scope. that. Yeah, dude. I do like how it's like that, too. Because I'm so done. Max has heard my complaints, as has the entire Galaxy of Film listeners, whenever we get these new Marvel movies. It's that I'm done with the 23 movie, 24, 25, you know, movie formula. Like, it was mm-hmm. nice. It's good. I'm done with that. But, no, these smaller scale scope things, I'm really enjoying. Like, um... I know. I think Loki contradicts it, but Loki, WandaVision, and this one—they are all smaller, mm-hmm. smaller scope uh, stories, essentially. You know, yeah. and I, I enjoy that. That's yeah, why I everything think like the to...
0: the Defender stuff, honestly. Like they're longer episodes, but they're all, you know, maintain or contained in
3: each city they take yeah, place yeah. in. Yeah, not everything has to be like a threat against the planet and the galaxy, right? There's still like other. Mm -hmm. like things and and smaller stories to tell and i think that uh i think this is uh doing a pretty good job for it and i've been happy with it so far so who do you think the the rolex belongs to i don't know it's from it's from avengers tower i suppose that uh the obvious choice would probably be tony's because it's a super expensive watch so
0: yeah but it says Um, it contains someone's secret identity that's the thing yeah, yeah. I don't know.
3: I don't know.
1: Why did it uh, say that, bud?
3: That was the
0: whole point. He uh he brings the cape that He needs to go get it. Oh,
3: why it was time sensitive. Oh, and it's a watch. Time sensitive, but I'm. Sh-
1: yeah. yeah, it's Peter Parker, bro. You think? No, no. I no. just said that for shits <laughs> and I think it's probably him. At the end of the day. Yeah, Aunt May is not swinging a uh. A Rolex for Peter, I don't think so. Yeah, dude. The <laughs> inheritance was some, <laughs> some big bucks. That's now it might real be real. Ned, dude. It might be Ned. Ned could be swinging it for Peter. Cause think That's about right. it, dude. He bought the UCS Star, uh, Death Star Lego set in far in uh Homecoming.
2: You're right. And,
1: yeah, true. yeah, it's just like five hundred dollars
3: right there, dude. Yeah. If you can afford, if you can afford five hundred dollar Legos, then you can definitely afford a fifty thousand dollar watch. So. Ned's a fucking baller, dude.
1: <laughs> you never know, dude. It, it's New York though, too, so it might not actually be that, a Rolex. It might be. That's true. You know, yeah. Half, it's half a Ro- price it's a Rolex.
3: It's a Rolex with two O's. in it.
1: Yeah, I'm buying one in <laughs> New York, by the way, Max. I'm buying some fake stuff, dude. I'm gonna be like, is that a Gucci belt? Yeah, I'll take that, bud. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> I don't know. Why <laughs> not? It's, you never know. It might be worth something one day.
3: Yeah, uh. I don't. I don't know. Um, I will say when they're looking at the watch, it looks smaller. Maybe it's um uh what's her name uh tony's uh wife
1: uh pepper totally oh. drawn a blink pepper yeah maybe it's pepper's watch didn't pepper not watch hawkeye wasn't that some news that came out where someone asked her if she's watching hawkeye and she's like what's that on instagram what's the actress's name
2: when it's paltrow
1: yeah yeah they, they're like are you watching hawkeye Fucking Weirdo. and she's like
3: what i don't know what that is <laughs> yeah, I think she might have said that about anything though, so it's hard
2: yeah, to say. she's like, not... it, if it's not a goop, I don't want it.
1: <laughs> oh, oh do we? Do we all not like Gwyneth Paltrow? No. Oh my, my bad. You choose she... She in Contagion, she, and she, she just cheated on Matt Damon, and then that's how the pandemic started
3: in that movie. And that's how she got the Rolex, and that's why it was at Avengers Tower. No, I don't. I have no idea who whose watch it is, but time time will tell. They'll let us know in the next two episodes. <laughs> so. And, Spider-Man. and then Spider Man, um, and then
1: Spider Man. You, you ready to talk news, Daniil? Yeah, man. Now that now that I got the show, oh, dude, stream of the week, bud. Oh yeah, stream you of must- the week.
0: Um, I bought this on Voodoo. You can rank it, of course. <laughs> um, I got this a year ago when it was first announced because it was on sale. Um, this was a tough one to watch. Honestly, it's a documentary called Robin's Wish. It's it's about um some of the final days of Robin Robin Williams, of course. Um, it's a tough one to watch. It's not great quality-wise. Um, there's some weird editing issues. Um, the audio skips out randomly. There's some odd cuts from his widow speaking. But it's really interesting because it goes into um, this disease he was diagnosed with after he passed away, uh, Louis body dementia, which is very interesting seeing how that affected his the last couple of years of his life. Um, there's just some good footage from his USO shows as well. Um, some touching interviews of his widow. Like said, it, it was hard to watch, but it was only, I think, an hour and 20, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Yeah, an hour and 16 minutes. So easy watch. Um, if you're a Robin Williams fan, I recommend checking it out. Um, I think the most touching thing, though, was seeing a lot of cast and crew members come on this onto this project who were working on night of the museum three, you know, his final big role. Um, all the cast members came from that film and spoke on behalf of them, which was really nice. Um, yeah, Robin's wish go check it out. You can run on voodoo for like two bucks. I think three bucks, maybe. Um, I know uh, maybe, maybe man, Chris, I know when you first came on, we were speaking about Robin Williams for a bit, but yeah, that's my stream of the week. You ready for uh, for yeah. news, Danilo?
1: Yeah, man, I, I guess I am. I think it has hit that time for news. Um, we'll start off with the biggest news. I think we were all talking about it either during the podcast or on the podcast or sometime during break. But we were talking about Christmas movies. And A24 is coming out with a Christmas movie. Not the tragedy of Macbeth, but a movie we already saw called The Green Knight. And they dubbed that a Christmas movie. What do you think of that, Max? You gonna go see it back in theaters again, man? No. Okay, dude. Settle down. Come on, bro. Settle down. Brian, what do you think of The Green Knight, man? You liked it? You gonna go see it uh, for uh, Christmas time? Uh, <laughs> Why uh, is this in the news, man? I wrote this. That's not newsworthy. but
3: <laughs> uh, It absolutely is newsworthy. So, The Green Knight is as much of a Christmas movie as Die Hard is because there's snow on the ground. There's a fox. Foxes are magical. This one talks. Um yeah, Green Knight's awesome. Am I going to go out to the movie theater and see it? Probably not. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw it in every Christmas when we're doing the tree. Watch, <laughs> watch Green, Green Knight. Instead of watching uh, Christmas Vacation, I'm going to throw in Green Knight to watch <laughs> as we're, at, as we're at doing, you know, our holiday baking and stuff. So
1: I don't... Are you going to go see the Green Knight in theaters, man? Just why?
0: What why is this coming back?
3: No. I already I already paid twenty dollars to watch it at home to stream it,
1: so no. I'll, oh I'll, you streamed it? Yeah, yeah. No, okay. Alright. Max you can do the news now, man. You have a few news segments, I think. <laughs> Curtis, are you gonna see this in theaters? Nope. Okay <laughs> better shit um, to watch.
0: Uh we got a sequel announced for Shang Chi. Big big f- dude, this this
1: news isn't shit to <laughs> <Danilo>. Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's good, man. What do you think of the new Shang-Chi sequel, man? You excited for it? Yeah.
0: Okay, dude. Yeah, absolutely here, man. We knew this was getting a sequel, though.
3: Oh. Yeah, well, in fairness, you know everything is going to get a sequel, so uh, you might as well just uh, just own up to that. Um, I really liked the first 60% of Shang-Chi, so uh, hopefully they capture a little bit of the magic of the first half of the film and can carry it through to the end, because I really like Shang-Chi, so...
1: Yeah, that's I like really it up until that tragedy. dragon fight at the end. Yeah, that's just, that. That's the last forty percent, bud. He oh, said the first sixty percent. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I didn't need a dragon. Why is there? there a dragon? You go. Just calm down. Culture,
1: up. culture, it's culture. And yeah. Not the album by Migos. Hmm. Brian, do you know who Migos are? Brian, I'll give you five dollars. I'll buy you a Little Caesars if you know who the three people of Migos are without looking it up. Oh, without looking it up?
3: No, absolutely. Yeah. I do not I okay. know that they are they are they are some sort of uh, hip hop group uh, that the kids like. Uh is that close enough to get me uh to get me uh, hot and ready? I don't know.
1: But. Yeah, I'll Venmo Moe five dollars and thirty cents, man. Why not? I'm so nice, glad you nice, came up tonight, Brian. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, goodness.
3: All right, dude, I Max. I couldn't,
1: you know
3: listen to, I couldn't listen to Migos because I was catching up on the Clone Wars I didn't watch while
1: you kids were watching it. So Very true. Very true. That's true. only the best of galaxy of (laughs) film that's exactly right but that's exactly right what else do we got for news um we got a first look at spider-verse 2 into the spider-verse into the spider-verse you know part one me across Um, the spider-verse into the spider-verse buddy nice try curtis what'd you think of uh the trailer if you saw it man
2: um i did look interesting i'm excited because i really liked the first into the spider-verse um, that, was, that was actually my second favorite movie of the year of 2019. I really enjoyed the fuck out of that film. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do with the sequel. Um, I, what I hope that doesn't happen is they make it too goofy or crazy. I hope they kind of keep like, keep like that spirit and that heart of the first one. And going into like these couple sequels that are coming out. Um, like art style also looks really good again. Um, so I'm excited to see what they keep doing with this like multiverse kind of stuff in the animated uh, world.
1: Yeah, me too. And you're right. I hope they do keep that heart, because uh, I did enjoy that. It was it was goofy when it needed to be, but in there there was still a lot of heart mm-hmm. and fa- and family, family with it. Yep. Max, did you watch it? You're a big Spider-Man guy and Marvel guy, so you know probably who that other Spider-Man was. Yeah, I actually rewatched the first one the other day too. Actually, okay.
0: Um, I thought this teaser or this first look was was good. It was great um it was kind of odd because you know we see spider-man 2099 we don't hear him talk but we hear him grunt and i can't tell if that's oscar Isaac or not but he sounded kind of funky i is think it is,
1: is. i think this it is. Yeah, it's is. confirmed yeah
0: okay well we know he's in it but i wasn't sure if the first look of that was his voice or not uh, as i'm saying because gotcha. it, it we're just kind of like why have that big of a name at the moment because he's fresh off at dune as well um why not utilize his voice for a first look when Gwen got some dialogue and Miles, of course. Um, but we hear a bit of a bit of a, a theme in the background during that fight, um, the spectacular Spider-Man show theme. So um, you know, the first in the Spider-Verse, we're seeing different comic variants of Spider-Man. Uh, we know we're seeing Toby and Andrew in, you know, No Way Home. It's all but confirmed at this point. Um, So I would like to see some of these Animated adaptations Of Spider-Man make their way Into this movie as well I'd like to see the PS4
1: Spider-Man come in as well Why not? Okay buddy Okay, settle down You had me on the TV show Spider-Man No, you see his suit in the first one Yeah, okay buddy Anyway though man, Oscar Isaac was saving his voice dude For the big show, cause like us Guatemalans We save it for when the time Is called upon us Oh, Brian, what do you think, think
3: of the this? teaser? <laughs> uh, no, I thought it, I thought it was good. I'm looking forward to it. I really like the the first uh, Spider Verse. Um, the only thing I I'll say to add to what you guys said about it, the timing of the announcement felt weird, like almost like it's getting washed out with all of the other Spider Man stuff because it's like a giant tidal wave of you know Spider Man No Way Home coming or uh, whatever uh, coming at us. So it just felt like the timing was weird for it. Maybe, like they could have like held it off until, until it was mm-hmm. out, and you know maybe given it like maybe after like the first of the year once you know the internet calmed down. About so kind of like what, how what they did with the 2nd
2: movie that was out before In Game was out. Right. He's yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like,
3: well, yeah, we just, haven't seen the other one yet. It was just yeah, just the timing of it felt weird because yeah. there was just just so much other Spider-Man for the other uh, movie coming out. So yeah,
1: I agree with that. And to continue on with Spider-Man news. Venom has just been confirmed in Morbius or Mobius by the Mobius director. I know Max is pumped for Mor- Morbius to see Jared Leto once again. Max, what, what are your thoughts on this uh, news that I just shared with the chat? I'm only seeing this movie for the podcast. Okay, dude. Let's come on <laughs> Dude, <now. laughs> I'm being
0: honest with you. I'm not come thrilled on, because we're doing... Not only Morbius that week, but we're also doing Requiem for a Dream. I...
1: Jared Leto, double feature, baby. All right, dude. I'll ask we're, bringing else. we're bringing the stickers back. We're bringing the stickers back. My, my bad. bad. My so. bad, dude. I'll ask someone else. Brian, what did you think of? Uh, what do you think of that news? Uh,
3: I think that the addition of Venom can only bring Morbius, you know, to the next level in filmmaking. Um, I will say that for <laughs> you know someone who hates. Uh, this guy, what, what's his name, Jared Leto? Uh, yeah, yeah. For someone who hates him as much, you guys have covered like nineteen Jared Leto films. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I will say that. So maybe that's maybe that's just your like backhanded like marketing for your stickers. You're like, if we're gonna push these stickers, we have to talk about his movies all the time. I don't know for sure. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not really all that excited for this movie, and the addition of Venom doesn't really make me any more excited for it. So.
1: And Curtis... Oh, sorry to anyone out there who's listening who was very excited to see this movie and who maybe had a fan theory that Venom could be in it and I just ruined it by confirming that fan theory so your (laughs) excitement won't be to its peak when you'll see the movie. All right, dude, sell down, bud. Curtis, what do you think of the news I just laid out for you, man?
2: I mean, it's fine. I mean, Sony is doing what they want, trying to get their own mini MCU, I guess, starting off the ground. If that's what they want to do, I mean, good for them, but I don't see Mobius being that successful i think what people want is venom in the actual mcu proper so i don't know i don't know what the fuck Sony's doing at the moment they're just i don't know it's good for you good for you if you're excited i will say that me i personally i i'm kind of like in between i'm like eh. i mean i'll go see it but i'm not holding out hope for a much of a movie
1: okay well that's always one way to go into a movie and then have your expectations wowed as they say exactly. back, back in art school, and then continue on with the Sony Marvel Universe. Uh, what's his name? Kevin Cox. Is Daredevil Charlie. Charlie? Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. Kevin Cox. One of the two. Uh, he's gonna be. Uh, Kevin Feige said he's going He's uh. He's MCU confirmed. I know Max loves uh, those little shows that they put on Netflix. Max, are you glistening with joy? Um, yeah, dude, this is, it, it's
0: good news that this is confirmed, even though it's all about confirmed he's in No Way Home, which comes out next week,
1: pumped for that. Five bucks, um, dude. Five bucks he's not in that movie.
0: Because it, with, with this announcement, it really gives me hope that we're gonna see, uh, Kristen back as Jessica Jones, I'm really, really hoping for John Berthold to come back as the Punisher, I loved the Punisher show, uh, we know Kingpin's gonna be in Hawkeye probably next week or the week after. Of course, it's Vincent D'Onofrio because he's finally shut up on Twitter about it. Um, I'd love to see Mike Coulter come back as Luke Cage. Could not fucking tell you what Iron Fist's actor's name. I I think, of anything, he's going to get recast out of any of them, of the Defenders' characters.
1: I'd be very sad if that happened.
0: Um, yeah, you know, just who knows what kind of project. Will, will it be a Daredevil movie? I don't know. I could see... I think we'll see this Daredevil again in the Echo show. That was recently announced. I think for... A safe thing Marvel can do... Is just transfer... The Defenders shows onto Disney+. Plus. we got some sort of deal with Netflix. Have not put on there. Consider them canon. I think that's the easiest way from them to go. Because the only retcon issue they're having... Is there scenes, and they can edit this back in. We, you know, we've seen um, like of Star Wars Rebels, even they're, they're willing to make changes to the shows once they hit Disney Plus. The only major retcon stuff with the Avengers shows is Avengers Tower isn't in a lot of the city shots, even though it's in the promotional like posters. Um, that in Mahershala Ali is he's Cottonmouth from Luke Cage season two, but he's also playing Blade the new film. I mean, we we can just ignore the one character. You know, I mean, it was one season. I don't remember... I didn't even watch season two, so I don't know how reoccurring that character is. You ignore that. You re-edit Avengers Tower in a few scenes. Consider him canon and call it a day. Why why not? I think that's the cheapest option for him. Um, It'll make a lot of fans happy. It'll make the cast and crew happy, I'm sure. Um... And I think it's just the smartest idea for them to move forward, so they're not having to backtrack more. Because you know we're already getting eventually X-Men and the mutant characters coming in. They got to handle reintroducing those. They got the Fantastic Four, which we know at some points in the works. We got Blade in the works. Um, We got to get Eternals kicking back up, because that kind of flopped hard, character development wise. Uh, Shang-Chi sequel with the Black Panther two stuff going on. We know there's a bunch of scripts tossed up for that. And, you know, we just found out we're getting another Spider-Man trilogy. I think, for the sake of you know, less hassle for Kevin Feige, make some edits, make the Netflix show canon for the hell of it. But yeah,
1: I'm excited for Charlie Cox Daredevil again. Curtis and yourself, you excited um, for Charlie to come back? Yeah, I'm.
2: One? I'm. I'm very excited. I was a big fan of Daredevil on Netflix, and. The subsequent Punisher show that came out with it, I was very shocked when they, they both got canceled for apparently no reason. I was a real big fan of those. So I'm excited to see him, you know, in any other role that he does as Daredevil. I'm excited, you know, that he's going to be back in that. Because, um, no, I think he does a very good job of bringing that character, like, some good emotion, bringing him to, like, a more like a realistic stance. So I'm just excited for him to, you know, be back in that role at some point in the future.
1: Yes, me as well. He's just this just if he comes back when he comes back, I guess is a better phrase of the sentence. This means I'll have to go back and watch those shows, which I'm not too excited for. But what can you do? And um, Brian, what do you think about uh, Charlie coming back for all this? Um,
3: So Charlie Cox is awesome and he's in Boardwalk Empire, which is one of my favorite TV shows ever. So, yeah, bring him in. Let's let's do that. Um, Now, as far as the shows on Netflix, I I seem to recall like when they first got canceled, I think that that was like a Disney and Netflix kind of deal where Disney told Netflix, stop making these shows, but we'll let you keep them on Netflix for X number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that time is about up. Cause I want to say it was like, they had like three years of exclusively having them before Disney would be able to do whatever they wanted with them. Um, and I, like I said, I think that time's about up. So yeah, it makes sense. I think that those probably will all migrate over to Disney plus and you'll start seeing all those characters just sprout up in that or other, you know, this other 94 mcu shows that they announced a couple weeks ago so
0: do you with them migrating over to disney plus do you see them editing or just throwing them on there um
3: i i don't think that they probably would bother with editing them unless there's something that's really erroneous but I think they'll probably just kind of stick them on, not make a huge fanfare about it, and just have them available for people that want. And okay. I think I think I think people that are really invested in the the continuity of the MCU probably understands that those were made in a different time, in a different place, with different people. So, you know, there's some there's some leeway there.
0: See, because I remember the two biggest inconsistency MCU wise. Was like I said the Avenger Tower just not being in the background, but all the promotional art that and in in the intro of Spider Man Homecoming, the the eight years later thing when it was really mm-hmm. I think five I want to say yeah yeah it was five because twenty twelve it came out twenty seventeen yeah I just remember those were the biggest inconsistencies
3: yeah I mean I th- I think if you look at it like anyone who wants to watch Daredevil. Is not going to be like I can't watch Daredevil until it's on Disney Plus because everyone in the whole world has a Netflix account. So if you wanted to watch Daredevil, you've probably already watched it or are planning to watch it or, you know, are going to. So I don't I don't think they'll put a ton of effort into it if it's something easy like, you know, copy and pasting the Avengers Tower into a scene. Maybe they do something like that, but.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel you. And the, and the last bit of news, which I know Max is absolutely pumped for, the Sonic Two poster came out. Yes, this thing looks awesome. I
0: fucking loved the first Sonic film. I stole the Sonic uh, icy sign; it's on my fridge. I'm so excited for the oh. sequel. Oh wow! Uh, dude, I fucking love the Sonic movie, bro. It's one of the I'm best say, video
1: game movies. Did you just submit to Grand Theft Larceny? Yes.
0: I'm so proud
1: of you. I am so proud of you. Hashtag proud dad moment. Curtis, what do you think of the Sonic Two poster, my man? Ah, uh, looks good. If you, I if mean, you care. I mean I, I no
2: because I'm no, no, I understand. Um I rewatched I finally watched it like a couple weeks ago. Thought it was good. So um hopefully they can kinda keep up that same kind of like energy that the first one had and kind of translate over to the second one. Um I think Tails for that poster looks pretty good. Good to see Jim Carrey back, Sonic looks still looks good, so I'm excited to see you know, what they do with it.
1: Yeah, me as well. I didn't watch the Sonic movie, but hearing Max enthusiasm for it makes me think to myself do I really want to watch a blue guy run around and sprint? Absolutely. And Brian, what would you think of the poster, if you even saw it, or if you even care?
3: Um, Yeah, I, so I did see the poster, and in 1992, I got Sonic the Hedgehog 2 from a Sega Genesis. You guys weren't even born yet, but I was playing it, so all in, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie, let's go. I'm here wait, for it,
1: Brian. Two, wait, 2002?
3: 1992.
1: 1992. Oh, yeah, I was negative eight, dude. I don't even think. Yeah, I yeah. think.
3: No, I was I was rocking out uh, blue guy speeding around the uh, the uh, old uh, tube TV. Yeah. So I I'm two on my shelf oh. back here, actually. So. So, yeah. So let's get let's get the movie going. I never saw. I didn't see the first Sonic the Hedgehog film, um, but I heard that people found it enjoyable. So I assume that people will also find this one enjoyable. And I think Idris Elba is voicing Tails. Is that right? He's uh, yeah. That sounds, yeah. Or Knuckles. Kn- Knuckles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That sounds zany and amazing. So bring it on
1: i'm excited as well and max do you want to close out the show man because news was you know something to behold only yeah. the best here at galaxy on on the top of voice acting
0: and uh with sonic 2 the original voice actress for tales from sonic uh adventure on dream is coming back is coming back for the movie which is cool that's kind of cool. it
3: dude that's cool Yeah. so
0: pretty happy that that's coming in yeah, that's going to wrap up for this week, guys. Uh, Curtis, bro, I really appreciate you coming on. Like always, you've been here for all three of our Star Wars film episodes mm-hmm. now so far. Um Where can our listeners find you?
2: So currently, I'm kind of in traditional period. My old Twitch account somehow got suspended for whatever reason. So I'm working on a new one right now. That one is under um Curtis Shack, spelled C-U-R-T-I-S-S-H-A-C-K. I'm trying to get that one kind of started, probably get the start of like maybe January ish once everything, all the holidays kind of died down. But uh, yeah, that's where people can find me.
0: Awesome, man. And Brian, dude, you're of course more than welcome to come back. Uh, Yeah, where where can our listeners find you and your
3: podcasts? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, just myself. It's astro underscore droid underscore. Um And if you want to listen to me talk about movies and cocktails, you can do that at Drink the Movies. And if you want to listen to me talk about Star Wars and Knights of the Old Republic, that can be found at the Old Republic podcast. So uh, check both of those out if you want. I'd appreciate it. And yeah, hit me up on Instagram. And yeah, hopefully I can uh, come back on to Galaxy of Film because it's always an awesome time uh, coming on and talking with you guys.
1: Yeah, man, we you guys always love talking shit with uh, you. <laughs> Aren't you guys doing a Dune episode?
3: Yeah, we So we did uh, we did like a Dune recap episode a couple weeks back and then dropping, let's see, so this will come out on Thursday, so the day after, the day after, listen to this, and then tomorrow, wake up, get on the Older Public podcast and we're doing like a part two of the Dune episode where we, kind of the first half of the episode is just talking about the movies that we've watched this year and then the second half we kind of get into like comparing and contrasting Dune and Star Wars and you know what kind of lessons they could take from each other and stuff. So uh, pretty good conversation, so yeah, check that out.
1: That's interesting. I'll for sure. I for sure will. Love Dune, man. Ever since I saw that movie, bought the book. I have two years to finish it. A page yeah, a day, right. hey, dude. If I if I read one page a day, I'll finish that book. And that's, that's all right. we're shooting and, for. And then you'll have a second book that you need to start working on. So yeah, and I think another book after that, right? Isn't
3: it a trilogy? Yeah, it's a, whole lot, a whole lot of books, graphic novels. It's it's Jesus. a whole whole thing.
1: I think just just stick with oh, the, one. Just, just yeah, the one. Just the one. Don't, don't overdo and one page a day too. One page a day. Can't do yeah, that. Pa- don't overwhelm one him. If we're lucky he's making it through a paragraph
0: a day. One,
3: exactly. one page a day. Yeah. We'll get you a picture <laughs> picture book version of it.
1: You'll be Dude, I is. wish. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's gonna wrap it up for this guys or for this episode, guys. Um, be sure to check out Galaxy Film Productions on YouTube. We got some content coming on there soon. Uh, do a short film launching what, next week, week after for anniversary? Yes, sir. We going to New York next second. week. Yes, sir. Next week. We got some good stuff
1: going on there. Spider Man next week? If you're not that we're covering it, but it comes out next week.
0: If you're in the city of New York, let us know. Let's let's meet up. Let's give you some fucking stickers. Let's do something. I'll fucking burn a couch,
1: bud. It's New York. Sorry. We're not burning a fucking couch in Times Square. I'll burn Square. a couch, but I'll burn a couch in Times Square, dude. Max Ooh, Max? Max. What's the boys in blue gonna do, man? Beat me to death? Yeah, yep. probably. Max. Max will drive a couch up
3: <laughs> to New York, and then you can set it on fire. How about that? Yeah, a win-win-win. Michael <laughs> Scott.
0: Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah. Check out Galaxy Film Productions on YouTube. If you enjoy the show, you know, follow us on Spotify. Leave us an iTunes review. That really does help us out a much more than you can imagine. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Galaxy of Film. And check out our Facebook group, the Galaxy of Film fan group, hosted by our man Shamim. Uh, shout out to you for creating that group, bro. You're awesome. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys.
1: As they say in the Hunger Games. Do-do-do-do. But they're whistling it. <laughs>